tell them the wolf sent you. They'll be like, who the fuck are you talking about? You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Bowl After Bowl. Bowl After Bowl. bowl. BowlAfterBowl.com. So when are we smoking some weed? Hey, whenever you like. Because you're in the bowl on Token Tuesday. It's another one. June 1st. Can you believe it? 2021. We're back with episode 85. That's right. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. I'm Dame DeLorean. And you're in the bowl. Thanks for being with us today. It's very exciting times around here in the bowl. Yes, we're joined by a super tiny, quiet co-host tonight. That's right. The little wolf pup of Kansas City. New Our to, son. New to the world. Our first son. Yep. Third kid. And <laughs> tricky number three. <laughs> That's right. The midwife called it when she said, oh, the third one can be tricky. Yes, she did. Little did we know. Yeah, she was serious. Yeah. He tricked around for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure, for sure. Oh, there he is. He'll be chiming in every once in a while, I'm sure. Yeah, he'll give a little bit of commentary. The, uh, <laughs> man, that was a wild ride, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a tough one. Uh, but still, like, a great experience. I learned a lot. Yeah. Like, that your cervix might not fully, like, melt away or dilate, and it's called a cervical lip. Yeah. It was crazy. That was a good um, one. So I I went into labor at 5.30 a.m. last Wednesday after the bowl. <laughs> like, he just missed the bowl. I told Spence, I talked to this baby. I said, just wait till after the bowl, okay? Yep. <laughs> like, I'm fine laboring on live stream, but it's tough. It would be tough to get through my notes and think straight while I'm in labor because I just kind of <laughs> hunker down and focus right. and get lost in my own head. Um, but he can't, yeah, at 5.30 a.m. I woke up, I had to pee. It was, uh, I was like, ooh, I'm kind of crampy. And then I was like, oh, this is it. This is it for sure. 30 minutes later, had another crampy feeling. I was like, yep, these are contractions. So that went on until like 10 a.m. between 15 and 30 minutes apart. And then you woke up and I was like, hey, I think today's the day. No doubt. So got your dad on call. Um, but then, you know, the contractions, they were getting to like five minutes apart. And I was like, okay, I'm kind of weirded out that my water hasn't broken. And I, um, we had, I tried, I forced myself to eat lunch. And then... It was st- it was just like so irregular these contractions. I've never had this. They went from like five minutes apart back to fifteen, then to like three, then to like fifteen and thirty minutes apart. And I was like, something weird is definitely going on. Um, so, but I didn't freak out. Just <laughs> ate some lunch, took a bath, laid in bed, moved around, did some housework. I was like, maybe if I just keep moving around, it'll regulate itself. Uh, water finally broke at like. 3.30, it might have been 3.33, I'm not sure, but 
I texted my midwife and I was like, hey, my water just broke. I'll let you know when I'm in like active labor so you can head over. But because of my previous home births, <laughs> which were like water breaks, baby's born like 15 minutes later, she immediately texted me back and was like, I'm on my way. And I was like, all right. Well, we didn't realize. Her and I and her student that was coming along, she ended up being at our house till damn near midnight. Yeah. Um, because the same thing started going on where my contractions were just irregular and they would be like three minutes apart, then f- five, then 10, then 30. It would like slow down. I started running out of energy around like 7 p.m. and just feeling so damn tired and I was sweating and I was lightheaded. I was like, I got to lay down. She was like, well, you know, just like walk up and down the stairs, try to like get things moving, you know, just keep moving. And I was like, I was bleeding a lot. Like there's more blood this time around than I've seen with previous birth experiences, which yeah. kind of freaked me out. But I also was like, I got my midwife here. I'm in good hands. Like she'll know if something weird's going on. But finally, like, yeah, 730, I think, or maybe eight She's like, you know, if you're that tired, like, why don't I just turn off the lights and you can go to bed? And I was like, okay. So I was laying in bed. How far apart were those contractions? Because I did fall asleep, but I would get hit with, like, active, active labor contractions. it couldn't have been that long. Maybe 10 minutes. 10 minutes apart? Maybe. And it was like, I was, like, grunting, pushing, and, like, nothing's happening. And I was just, and so she's finally like, I'm going to check you again. Um, cause she had checked me when she first came and I was like six centimeters dilated. So then she checks me and she's like, oh, you're like at nine, but the cervix hasn't fully melted. Like, I think you have a cervical lip we're going to have to deal with. I was like, oh, great. And she goes on top of that, uh, your baby's in a kind of a weird position. I started having like, like it hurt real bad in my back whenever there was a contraction. And she's like, yeah, I can feel him up on your tailbone. I was like, oh, awesome. That's that's great. Thank you, little man. Um, so she said, she's like, hey, I'm going to call in a backup um, midwife who has exper- like a lot of experience, and we're going to try and figure something out. I was like, all right. So then I'm still laying in bed suffering <laughs> and just having these like trippy visions. I was telling Spence, it's like, it's like dream almost like I don't know you're just so focused on you know your body and trying to work with your body and the baby um it was just crazy it was like my body was fighting itself um to get this baby out because it was pushing against that lip yeah because I would be pushing and then that lip was there just blocking him so the second midwife came And I'm not really, you know, I'm more of a private person. Like, I would have rather just, like, squatted down and quietly had my baby with Sir Spencer. And, like, and the midwife is like, oh, great job. Like, all my other babies. (laughs) But this other midwife comes in, and she had, like, such a great aura about her. I was immediately like, this is fine. She's she's the one. She's going to figure it out. I had to get in the oddest position to get this baby out, you guys. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, Spence sat behind me on the bed, and then I had to. I, I'm I'm a walking, squatting, birth kind of person, but I had to sit on the bed, pull my legs up to my shoulders, push my chin down, while my midwife had her fingers inside me, pushing the cervical lip down, 
so that this baby could come out. And like when he did, I mean, it was just a pop gush. He's out, you know, but it, yeah, like the I first had two. to be in this extreme position. Yep. Like my body just had to be this origami in bed for him to get past that lip and then just slide out. I mean, yeah, I was it, like behind you pushing down on your head and your yeah, neck and cranking you and, into a pretzel. And, and the worst part is, and I was trying to tell them, I'm like, I can't feel my legs. Like my legs were completely numb, you guys. I don't know what was going on. Like if he was like on, on a nerve. nerve. Yeah, that's my guess. Oh my gosh, it was so, it was kind of scary. <laughs> um, but the scariest part was before that positioning, when the other midwife showed up, they both went into my daughter's bedroom and we're having like a little powwow talking real quiet. And it's like Spence and I, you know, I, I just kept looking at him right in the eyes. I kind of passed him because I was so damn tired. And I was like, uh-oh, they're going to tell me I have to go to the hospital. They're going to tell me that I need like intervention because this is like 15 hours later. Yeah. And like, they had I- been there for so long. It was like. Yeah, I felt so bad. She had that student midwife with her too, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, oh my gosh, they probably there's probably other births going on, you know, <laughs> like I'm taking up all their time. <laughs> oh, but yeah, so we we got them out. Like you were sitting behind me, I couldn't even see because of the <laughs> way my head and my legs were angled, mm-hmm. so I couldn't see him when his head came out. Um, but my midwife said. He came out, like, his head and his hand. Like, he had his hand up to his cheeks, I mm-hmm. think. So it was just, like, head, hand, and then, like, one more push, and then his whole body. Which was so cool. I'm so happy that no one said, like, well, you know, this is taking too long. Let's let's hurry it up and go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Because imagine if I was in the hospital. You know what's going to happen. There's going to be either like an episiotomy or whatever they call it, where they cut your vagina and they're like, oh, yeah, that'll open it up more. I don't want that. Or they're going to give me some drug like Pitocin or something to try and move it along. Pitocin. I think I said it wrong. <laughs> but or or they're going to say like, hey, you know, you're really tired. It's time for a C-section. That's pretty much what happens when you go to the hospital. And, yeah, I would have had my midwife with me, so she would have been able to advocate. But... At the end of it all, he was healthy and perfect, and I am on the mend. Like, I already feel pretty much back to normal. Um, I've been on bed rest since then with, I was only, <laughs> my midwife told me I'm only allowed to go down the stairs like once a day, um, but bleeding is completely stopped. You know, usually you have like, basically it feels like a period for like two weeks after you give birth, but no, mine cleared up in three days. Um, and no pain, like uterus has contracted pretty much back to normal size and we're doing good. And, you know, as soon as he was born, of course, I was like weeping <laughs> like in, with <laughs> happiness, like tears just streaming down the sides of my face. I was like, oh, you're so perfect, so handsome. And he was just like, mom, I'm hungry. Time to eat. Just mm-hmm. so fast. He didn't have to be spanked or anything. He just, you know, yelled when he came out. Ah! I was like. Oh, yay, it's over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a huge relief, bro. Yeah, you were crying, I was crying, and he just latched right on. Like, this was the easiest breastfeeding transition I've had with a kid. And he had a deep latch, too. So that good, not like just grabbing, pinching the nipple, Mm -hmm. which hurts so bad. That's like, I made that mistake with 
our first baby breastfeeding with just a nipple and then the midwife was like ah get the the whole areola you know mm-hmm. sandwich that boob shove it deeper into their mouth touch the nipple to their nose and then drag it down to their chin so they open their mouth damn it and i was like oh yeah that doesn't hurt when they're not just latched onto the nipple alone yeah you can't do just the tip Fun, yeah <laughs> not just the tip not here he did come out at uh 10 p.m local yes. time uh for those star charters out there yeah and uh I'm gonna... yeah man i it's funny because i've seen you through a lot of weird different pain experiences i mean i was i saw you give birth to the first two i saw you have an ectopic pregnancy i saw you get bit by a dog and all this stuff you've like you're always like stoic and you don't really show pain and stuff but yeah. like you were just so beat and like to the point of whimpering in this birth thing that it just crushed me a couple of times. I was just like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. I was afraid that we were going to do that thing that we had happen when I got bit by the dog, which was like, I, cause I just, when I'm not feeling well, I just make like the strongest damn eye contact. When I got bit by this huge dog in the past, it was what, like seven years ago or something. It was a while ago. Yeah. Um, I made eye contact with you just locked on, and then you got sick physically. Mm-hmm. Puked it all out for me, and I was like, "Oh, I feel much better it was now." Wild. It's it almost the like weirdest experience. the Green Mile, where he takes the like bad shit out of people, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was just like that. And so I kept like, I would be like just zoning out, doing that. What do you call it? Like thousand yard stare mm-hmm. or whatever i was just out of it having i was having these visions in my head of like people dancing around a giant tree and the tree had a door and the door had this emblem on it it was glowing oh it was so cool but also like i was like wow i am tripping i'm birth tripping <laughs> wow i am really high <laughs> those natural drugs kicking in it was a good time but yeah. N- not but yeah kind of this was definitely the most difficult birth out of the three, by far. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Like, home births are totally the way to go, in my opinion. Just because I don't like, first of all, I don't like the beeping and the machines and the masks and the gloves mm-hmm. and the sterile environment. And when you're done and you're in bed, oh, that's the best. You're like, ah, I did it. Time yeah, to sleep. it's way less stressful. And then I'm not like, you know being monitored or being like i don't know if they have to do temperature checks do they even let me in nowadays i don't know during all these protocols uh i know and then i'm constantly like going between all right when can we go home and no she doesn't want this no she doesn't want this no she doesn't want this yeah exactly you're constantly on the defense where at home your your wishes are just like known so far in advance and just respected you know yeah straight up respected because after the baby's born when those drugs are kicking in your system, like I'm just like, yeah, I don't care. Everything's great. Everything's perfect. I could say, if I was in a hospital, I might say, yeah, to something real stupid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like this $300 goodie bag of diapers and stuff? It's free until you see your bill. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. And so he had his second checkup today with the midwife. She comes to our house for home visits. Um, and he's doing great. And he had his... The Missouri requires um, testing, like a blood test for babies, newborn screening, shall we? I think that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. 
where they have to, you know, they prick their little foot and then put like five huge drops of blood on this paper. Like it's really two drops of blood for each of the screening panels. I watched this time. I usually don't watch because blood makes me feel kind of, mm, but I watched this time. And, uh, and he was a trooper through it. Yeah, he fussed he, the least he, of our kids. Yeah, he fussed because you picked him up. <laughs> and then she like pricked him and he was like, eh, I'm okay. Like, it was more I, like I'm the comfortable uncomfortable now. grip she had on his foot than uh, necessarily the cut, I think. But Yeah. It's hard to watch, though. It's hard tough. to watch your kid in any kind of pain. You're like, no, don't poke my baby. Right. <laughs> but It was funny. I felt uh, bad for my dad because... Oh. Uh, when the second midwife was called in, you know, I had to let him know somebody was coming over. I didn't want just the door to open. And yeah. he's sitting there on the couch with watching the girls. So I was like, they're calling in a second midwife. And then I had to be like, everything's fine. The baby will come soon. We just need some extra help. You know? Yeah. It's just not as fast as we expected. And no, we're I'm just bringing in extra help. Getting tired. You know, just to be <laughs> safe. But um, then when she got here, and right before they got me in position, we ran out of those uh, Chuck's pads. Yeah, um, they're like, they remind me of like dog training pads, like yeah. when you're trying to potty train your dog, and then you just put those little pads on in front of the door, so it's like, oh, if you have an accident. Pretty much the same product. Yeah. And uh, so we ran out of them, and we had to send him out for those, and <laughs> uh, it was it was probably like, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 minutes after he had left that John popped out, so... He missed that part of it after he'd been there for hours, but um, then he got back right as they clamped the cord down and were handing me the scissors, and I'm like, let me just wait, like, one minute so my dad can come up and at least see this part, you know? Yeah. Which he appreciated. Yeah. And we appreciated the him buying the Chucks pads because we needed them. Yeah, and watching the girls. Mm-hmm. They, had, they were having so much fun, but I was so in the zone, like... <laughs> I could hear all the fun they were having playing games and stuff, and you were, like, laughing at some of the things our kids were saying, but I was just so in the zone. I was like, meh. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like you tune it out, but it still was hitting receiver somewhere. Yeah. He was born so late that we got everybody in and out of there and crashed out, and then next day woke up. First uh, first music he really heard was uh, Darren O'Neill spinning that rock and roll pre-show. Oh, yeah. So that was cool. Yep. And then uh, right into No Agenda. So imagine hearing No Agenda from like less than 12 hours onto Earth. <laughs> Epic. You hear your first episode. Wow. It was right in it. Well, we don't want to get it too deep in the bowl before we thank uh, all of our kind producers, everybody who puts the show together with us. Because we are a value for value podcast. And uh, most of you are very familiar with that system. But uh, basically, what it means, we put out the show each week. Uh, sometimes bonus bowls with buds episodes also all that's available and free to you and then all we ask is if you love it uh, if you listen to it and it uh, gives you value of some sort maybe it's entertainment maybe it's info maybe it's just a distraction or a feeling of camaraderie whatever we get uh, to you we just ask that you would show us what you value for that and send it to us in many different forms time talent or treasure um there's just so much you can do to give back, and it's a really cool ecosystem because then uh, it lets us kind of be free from the influence of advertisers, the influence of sponsorships, anything like that, uh, and it lets you 
be also free at any time to walk away or to listen to some other show or free to give beyond what you would be limited to in some kind of a limited subscription service uh, and also to give directly to us uh, and not have it whittled away by any kind of middleman. So there's a lot of different reasons why we do value for value, but uh, we f- we think it's the best monetization model and we follow it. And we want to thank everybody who helps us out, including No Debit, who sets up our live stream, uh, and Sir Bimrose, who uh, gave us the key to the kingdom on the No Agenda stream, if you're listening over there. Uh, we thank you for listening along. Thank you, guys. Uh, we do have some treasure this week with executive producerships, and I'm just pulling notes up here. So uh, we did get some great ones, starting with... Mr. Farmer Todd back again. Woohoo! 3333. Aw, thanks, Farmer Todd. And I swear I had it. Bing, bing, ding, ding, ding. He did send a note, of course. Uh, his note Happy third child. I have three. And definitely love is lit with three, the magic number. Hope all is well with mom and John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt Pearson. <laughs> Cheers to extremist families. Woot, woot, Todd. Hell yeah. Thank you, Farmer Todd. And uh, yeah, it's it's kind of funny. I was uh, thinking about that earlier. For like, this is how to be edgy and <laughs> anti-establishment nowadays is to like, if you're a straight dude, you just marry a woman and you have a bunch of kids <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're punk rock. It's kind of weird. Isn't it super weird? Wholesome is the new uh, anti-establishment, I guess. Uh, so bizarre. It's funny. Yeah, extremist, uh, extremist procreators over here. Uh, China lets you have three now too. So I saw that. Yeah, isn't that so nice of them? Yeah, <laughs> what they allow you to do and Ugh. be and think and feel and fuck the CCP. Fuck the CCP. Uh, we also have another thirty-three, thirty-three. Hey. Uh, from Phoenix. Oh, thank you, Phoenix. Thank you very much, Phoenix. Congrats on the new human resource. May he grow to be strong, smart, and free. Blessed be in the bowl, Phoenix. In the bowl, Phoenix. In the bowl. I really appreciate that. And uh, we also had the immortal John Fletcher coming in with his monthly 420 stonation. We Thanks, thank you Fletch. so much. And uh, I'm going to give you this joint, nigga. There's this joint. We're stoned. Thank you very much. And uh, I just want to say... Thank you for the value for value. Thank you for the value for value. Uh, I also did want to say thank you to Servo, uh, formerly known as Dwadnam. Thanks, Servo. For a big, fat boost in uh, in the bowl. Uh, 13337. Ooh. Cheers for that. Um, and we recognize him as well. So... Uh, there's a lot of different ways you can do value for value, and we strongly encourage you to check out different uh, new podcast apps. You can go to podcastindex.org and click on the apps, and anything that says value, uh, you're able to stream sats through. So it's kind of a good time while it while it deflated a little bit into the 30K zone. Uh, last I looked, it was like bouncing between 36 and 37. I get a, I got a couple buys in at 33, 333. Because that's what you do for the memes. And uh, yeah, it's a good time to kind of maximize what 20 bucks will get you or whatever it is, you know. Uh, another thing that I will say on the podcasting 2.0 side of things and streaming 
value via sats is that's a cool way to make sure you're supporting the show, the podcast index, and whatever app you happen to be using. So it's an interesting way of giving your value in a way that the middlemen and the cuts, like who takes the fees, are all the people who are actually bringing you the infrastructure. Um, it's just a kind of a cool way to do it. So I see uh, somebody's been streaming at about 50 sats a minute, and I get you know 46 to 47 because little pieces of that 50 sats a minute are going to the index, and then they're going to wherever that's uh, they happen to be listening on it. If you're listening to Breeze app or if you're listening... Uh, through CurioCaster or wherever you happen to be streaming those sats through Sphinx sometimes. Uh, and Boost, too. Boosts are great. Boosts. Boost, yeah. boost. I'm glad I'm on Sphinx, but I turned my notifications off, and now I am bad about checking it at all. Yeah. I need to make it part of my regular daily. Yeah, it's... Click uh, another app, play around. It's, it's early, too, so that it's uh, kind of buggy in that sense, you know? But... Uh, that's why we wanted to jump in on this thing early is to try and help, if nothing else, test stuff, uh, find bugs, help out, and you know, be a part of this new direction and new exchange of value. Because who knows how long you're going to be able to collect money from a podcast via PayPal. I don't know. Who knows, yeah. Who knows? Who knows if PayPal will find out, you know, you're spreading your medical misinformation, whatever they want to decide, uh, your message isn't good. Who knows? Yeah. We don't like what you're saying. No money for you. Yeah. I mean, it's it's happened to people on PayPal before. It's happened to people on Visa or MasterCard before. So uh, we just want to have as many different possible avenues uh, to return the value as possible, you know? Make yeah. it easier for the listener. And uh, there's another way you can contribute value to Bowl After Bowl if you're interested. And that's by leaving us a voicemail or sending us a text message if you're voice shy uh, we always do a first time I ever topic during the week, and this week it is the first time I ever experienced essential oils. That's right. We had a uh, idea of first time I ever experienced tea tree oil specifically, and then we thought, well, that is pretty specific, so let's narrow. <laughs> let's widen it a little bit to just include any essential oils. Um, and yeah, if you want to weigh in on that, all you got to do is call eight one six. Six zero seven three six six three and the play of voice mail That's right, we'll play it. We'll play it and I see a lot of bowlers already have got their message in. All um, right. So that always happens later on behind the curtain. Uh man, it's been a whirlwind of a week. It sure has. The coolest part was the day after John was born, our chiropractors came to the house to do an adjustment on all of us. Yeah, they are such saints, man. Seriously. Doing the Lord's work. But it's like, I hadn't even thought about it, but when you are born, man, your neck is getting bent, your back is getting bent. Yeah. And especially with his little hand coming up first, that left shoulder just being pushed up and... Ooh. She also like worked on his uh his skull a little bit, or like m- massaging his skull, which I found real interesting, because I just generally will like lightly pet my baby's head, but I don't really, I've never thought to like massage the skull sutures up there, but because of that lip, he has like a little bit of an overlap 
mm-hmm. in that skull bone. She's like, oh, the chiropractor is like, oh, just massage it a little bit. And, and today the midwife was like, oh, ask them if they can do some myofacial cardiovascular releases or something. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I should have written it down, but. Yeah. But it's definitely when the chiropractor brought it up and then the midwife brought it up, I was like, yep, it's on everyone's radar. We'll keep an eye on it. Yep. Poor buddy had a little bruise on top of his head from coming out that wild. And yeah, just getting smushed up against the lip. Yeah, it's his bruise is gone now, though, which I was like, oh, thank goodness. I don't like seeing that. I know. That was one of the most astounding things that I learned when we first signed up for the chiropractor was the high rate of atlas misalignments from vaginal births like the baby 95 percent of babies are born with a atlas out of place yeah right when they're born and so it's like why wouldn't you just put a baby right back together right from the start you know it's like most of most people are just walking around with like neck injuries they've had from birth that's astounding phoenix in the bowl has corrected me it's milofacial and I'm writing it down now so that I can bring it up when we see the chiropractors tomorrow. Ah, uh, massage therapist Phoenix. Ooh. Cool. I love that. No doubt. Well, I have a clip. Oh. A Following clip. up on a story we talked about last week. Play clip one for me, if you will. Oh, I did have a... Uh, oh. We need to do a last minute shout out here because uh, we got... Um, excuse me, 26 for JW's birthday. Much love. Net Ned, $26. Oh, Net Ned, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I was glancing through the emails here, scooting them in, scooting them in right before uh, the deadline. So I appreciate that, Net Ned. Good much, eye. much love back from the great state of Michigan. We had Net Ned on the show a while back. Yes. And you can hear it and all of our other interviews at bullswithbuds.com. Check those out. Neatly organized. Nick the Rat was our most recent. Uh, we got to get, it'd be cool to get Nadia on. Yeah. Because. Uh, Illuminadia having her baby a day before us. Mm-hmm. We're so close to lining it up. I know. But like, uh, we had the show, so you told him to wait. Yeah. Uh, it's my fault. <laughs> but she had him during our show, which is interesting. Yep. Or the same day as it, I should say think he was born early yeah he was he was out earthside before we started the show day baby but yes that was great stuff great stuff sorry i didn't it's okay we were <laughs> uh, looking for clip. clip one yes all right so this story we mentioned last week and uh here just play the clip this is the view over grand boulevard saturday night Watch as an officer pulls into the intersection to stop the sideshow. As one vehicle leaves, another pulls in, circling the patrol car. It flips around, nearly hitting the officer who stepped out of the car. Oh my God. I wasn't expecting that at all. I thought they were all going to leave once he pulled in and then um, somebody got brave and started doing circles around him and he almost got hit, which scared me. Brittany captured the scene moments earlier when two cars drove in circles with bystanders close by. It's a little bit scary, though. You don't want anybody to get hurt. Similar stunts were captured in front of Union Station the same night. This comes days after City Council updated an ordinance on street racing to include burnouts. It imposes fines and allows police to impound vehicles identified at these events. Wow. So all these sideshows have been going on in Kansas City. I'm sure every city probably has these little sideshows. Uh... 
Smoke Your Tires, Not Your Homies, one of the groups we've talked about right. for a few months. But the city council passed an ordinance last Thursday to try and put an end to these things. Um, with First violation, up to $150 fine and or potentially 30 days in jail. Second violation, that boosts up to 300 bucks and 60 days in jail. And third time, you could be fined 500 bucks and get six months in jail. And they say spectators can be fined up to 100 bucks. Oh, it's so just for stop watching. So if you stop and watch, you could get a fine. Um, and it also, this ordinance that passed gives cops the authority to impound vehicles suspected of violating the ordinance after a search warrant is issued by a judge who finds probable cause to believe the vehicle was involved in street racing. But what I found real interesting is we covered this Tuesday, last Tuesday in the bowl, and they had done like a big piece on it, interviewing some of the guys that perform in the sideshow, interviewing concerned citizens, and then I got an alert on my phone Friday night while I was sleeping that's like, watch live, police chased out the sideshows from Union Station. And I was like, this is a media attraction. You know, (laughs) it's like they hyped up the performance. Then Friday, the cops and the sideshow guys went at it or whatever. (laughs) It's like the book tour for the legislation or something. The book tour for the ordinance. Exactly. So, uh, Mm. but it didn't seem like there were any, I don't know if, I don't know if they caught, stopped anyone. Um, The video from the clip I played, it's like the cop drives in to the middle of the sideshow and the dudes drive off. But then this car comes up and just starts driving around the cop. And what's the cop going to do? He got out of his vehicle. So he's trying to just get back in his vehicle safely while this car is like doing donuts around him. Oh, it was just, it was so weird. That hype. And then having like, oh, tune in live. Mm -hmm. I was like, what the hell? But I was sleeping. I missed it. There's no, I couldn't find like a recording of the live police chase of these dudes. Mm -hmm. But speaking of tours, though, did you see Russell Brand announced the 33 tour across the UK this summer? I did not see that. I thought that was interesting. Of course, we've seen he has a 33 tattoo on his arm. He knows. He knows something. He must know. He's on to something. He's read in. He's read in. There is also this real weird article. Wisconsin DNR encourages ATV safety course for 33-year-olds and younger. Like, what? 33 and younger? That's a very strange number to pick. And when I was reading about this safety course, it cost 30 bucks. Should have cost 33 bucks because they could have gotten the magic number in again for double the the luck or whatever. Uh, But it just says, like, hey... There's some new rules when it comes to ATVs. You need to brush up on the rules and regulations. It's not the same. Like, just having a driver's license doesn't really mean you know what's going on when you're driving an ATV. No mention of why they would say 33-year-olds and younger need to take this course. I have never seen that number. Like, if they had said, like, 99-year-olds and younger, like, anyone who wants to drive an ATV needs to take this course, sure. But magic number? Very strange. Well, speaking of another magic number, his birthday's in three days. Oh, happy early birthday, Russell Brand. Another Gemini? Another power Gemini. Nice. Yeah, we just had uh, Lavish and Carolyn, late May Geminis. Yes, happy belated birthday to both you guys. Adding to uh, the mix with John. 
Hell yeah. My little Gemini buddy. <laughs> little Gemini. Uh, in Sarasota County, Florida, the sheriff's office seized 33 severely malnourished cattle on Monday. Hmm. Yeah. Very Hungry sad. cows. They uh, said that there were bales of hay on site, but they weren't accessible to the cows. Ugh. Yeah. And uh, I guess the standard care per cow is like two acres per animal. Not just per cow. I guess that's any animal. In these 30... Three cows, well, there was 34, but one was dead when they arrived. You know, that's a little strange. 34, one didn't make it, so you got 33 that you're taking care of now. Uh, But they were all squished on just 11 acres. Hmm. I don't know if that's really squished, but, you know, they weren't meeting that two acres per animal standard of care. Right. Um, I guess there was no grass or vegetation on site. They were just stuck in the dirt. And um, the owner has had 11 prior citations since 2017, mostly for letting his animals get loose. So now um, the state is in possession of these cows and they're petitioning to um, get full possession of them, for lack of a better term. They're going to get custody. (laughs) They're going to get custody of these cows. Yeah. They're at like, they're being taken care of now. Poor moo-moos. Poor moo-moos. Get them fattened up and then let's eat them. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, and then... <laughs> well, they gotta, yeah, you gotta fatten them up part. You know, since Russell Brand's tour wasn't really a, a story, so much as like an advertisement for him, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, in Connecticut, lawmakers have designated racism as a public health crisis after a vote that was 114 to 33. Oh, man. Yeah, this is in a bill. It's now going to the governor's desk. Um, it creates a commission to recommend changes to the health care system because the health care system is racist. Cancer is racist. And it also creates... Tuberculosis is racist. Yeah. It creates a new gun violence committee, too. Oh, hot Because guns are racist. Guns are racist. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, of course. Now, Booberry sent me a magic number article. Ooh. There's a 33-year-old who's making over 200000 bucks a year selling masks. Oh, oh Christ. And she's on track to be a millionaire by 36. What astounded me, though, is I went to her Etsy store, and she's just drop shipping. She's not making these masks. Oh, yeah. Drop shipping oh, is the game, man. Oh, man. I am... I was like, what am I doing? Click here, click there, man. There's an exit strategy. I will order from Amazon, and I will sell it to you for twice as much money. And because I'm cute and have a great smiling picture or whatever, I can use my 420 shoot pictures I use everywhere. <laughs> You'll pay me double. She also sells thigh-high stockings. I was like, ooh, classy mix. Masks and thigh-high stockings. None. Of, they weren't, like, bundled, though, like a lingerie set. That's a total missed opportunity. You know, dropshippers really add to the carbon footprint of the earth. You know, they waste a lot of computing power. This for extra dropshipper. I don't know. It seems so weird. How do you how do you know that when you order the product, it'll get to your customer in a timely fashion? Like, or do you order it up front and just have boxes? There's a in lot your of house? ways to do it. Some people Ugh. just use eBay as their back end, and yeah. they just like, you know, they'll purchase it, and then the shipping address will be their customer's address or whatever. But. Uh, that's just so weird to me. <laughs> yeah, bo- As, boobs. Thank you for the article. He, you know, him and Lavish want you on behind the schemes. I want to go on behind the schemes to talk uh, a little birth stuff. All right, just give me a date. 
Give me a moan day. A moan day. Moan day. I think me and Midas are going to tag team a show over there, too. Oh. Um, 33, of course, always around COVID-1984. I saw an article that said overdose deaths have increased 33% from the average among white folks in Colorado. Huh. Very specific demographic there. Yeah, well, and they had to... <laughs> They had to qualify that with a lot of different stats before they got to 33, I guess. Yes, right? yeah. Fatal drug overdoses surged 59% in Colorado last year. Um, and they say, you know, overall deaths have risen during the pandemic, obviously, for one reason or another, even if that reason is choking on a ventilator, which sounds like a terrible, terrible way to go. Mm-hmm. Then there were 33 deaths in Illinois and Afghanistan. We're spanning the world now. And 33 new cases in Nova Scotia. All so, right. So, um, I've got a clip, clip two. Clip two coming For a little you. local get your jab action I heard. Do you like this view of Kansas Speedway? Officials will let you take a lap if you get a shot or get tested. The Speedway is hosting a vaccination and testing clinic next Friday and Saturday. Drivers will be given the option to take their cars on the track. You'll need to take your driver's license, registration, and proof of insurance with you. Oh, my goodness. Take your own car on the track. (laughs) I mean, while that would be fun, why are they doing all these enticements, man? Bribery. Isn't it weird? Uh, Can you think of anything else that they're just like... I just think they... Straight up bribe people to do? Not medically. Medically. No, no. It doesn't seem right. It seems uh, like it might be illegal, but I don't know. It's very creepy. And like, that would have... It just pisses me off. Yeah, it pisses me off too. Because if they had said, you can drive a race car, or you can ride with a race car driver on the track, like, maybe I could see some enticement there. But put your own car, your own lame-ass car, <laughs> bring your SUV to the speedway. Bring your hybrid car all on, bro. You can go zero to 60, like, eventually. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so dumb. And I saw they're, like, raffling off prizes, too. But it just makes me think... That maybe not that many people are getting the jab, and maybe these numbers we keep hearing are exaggerated or made up, or you, you know, can't even trust anything anymore. <laughs> all these people are just total fucking liars and hacks. Exactly, but it's just, I don't know. I think there's a lot of healthy people who are you know fine mm-hmm. letting their immune system take care of them. Uh, and I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know what's going on. I'm but a mere retard who <laughs> listens to no agenda. Right. And, uh, you know, sometimes reads things. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to figure it out for myself. But yeah. I do know, uh, the experimental gene therapy jab is not intriguing to me at all. You can say maybe I'll get free burgers, uh, free ambogas and whoop beer. Mm-hmm. No, not going to do it. <laughs> I just feel like in my life, the more I've been able to rely on like myself and people that I actually know and have vetted and trust, you know, that has helped me. And I've often been burned by institutions, by trusting like big personal, impersonal institutions. Because they try to give you one size all solutions. Yeah. A lot of it's propaganda driven. You're 
dealing with people who need to meet quotas or make a sale or whatever kind of scam you on shit. And uh, I, I trust m- me mostly and then my family and then, you know, the people that I've met who have earned my trust, who have, I've been able to, you know, vet myself. Yeah. And aside from that, you know, if I'm just looking at an article on the internet or if I'm just hearing something, you know, I've got no way of verifying any of this shit. And just like the lottery, like when they're doing these lotteries there, it's like, what are your chances of actually getting the money that oh, they're man. putting up? I know. Well, you could put the two bucks in a in a lottery ticket yourself. You know, yeah, exactly. Yourself. Like, and the potential earnings are much higher there. I don't know. I think I heard one that was like, oh, 15 people will share $15,000. So it's like, oh, so I could win a thousand bucks. And maybe die from this experimental vaccine. I'm holding jab. out. I'm holding out until they give you a free big ass bowl of mac and cheese. Oh, <laughs> then I'll go get the shot. Lifelong supply of mac and cheese. Yeah, then I'll then I'll take it. You've got it. Wouldn't even until be, then they can fuck right off. It wouldn't be mac and cheese for life. It would be mac and cheese for a year. You know. Oh yeah, I mean just bowl after bowl of mac and cheese, and I'm in. <laughs> Puke. <laughs> I saw an article about a cafe in California that's now charging patrons five bucks if they wear a mask or brag about their jab. I thought that was pretty clever. Mm. All the money they raise from this, they're sending to charities. So they said the people that they've cited with this fee have not had a problem paying (laughs) for it. Um, Specifically, they didn't say what specific charities, just that ones that have been overwhelmed by collateral damage of the government lockdowns dealing with domestic abuse, suicide, and poverty. Mm. So it's Fiddlehead's Cafe in Mendocino, California. If you want to go there, give them some value for value. Uh, They also have a sign that says, if you throw your mask in the trash bin, you'll get 50% off your order. Nice. Good deal. Take a disposable, dump it, get half off. Or just don't, you know, give a payment... Pay them full price. They're worth it. They have another, um, this is a longer sign, but I like it. It says, people might not be wearing masks. Please respect their freedom to breathe. People may be within six feet of one another. Please respect their freedom to socialize. People might not be vaccinated. Please respect their freedom to live naturally. People may not share your opinions or feelings. Please respect their freedom to think independently. I like fresh air, motherfucker. Me, Two. Now, the owner says he was slapped with a $10,000 fine after not requiring his employees to wear masks. But after that, it was just notices. Hmm. So, and I guess. Yeah, I see that they reversed all the fines in uh, Michigan. Nice. I did not see that. Whitmer's been getting bitch slapped so hard by everybody. Good. But it doesn't change her strategy, her overall strategy of complete and total tyranny and iron grip on everyone. (sighs) She's uh she's probably likely going to be recalled though. Looked like there was six different petitions that got approved. Nice six. All different recall petitions. Oh, so yeah, they I need to work her, together. I think her goose is cooked. So long as they, you know, figured out the fucking vote fraud. But who knows about that? Who knows? If it's I still don't. rigged, then who cares? Fuck you. I'm not voting. Oh, yeah, exactly. What's the point? I don't know. But let's go behind the curtain. Oh, fuck, yes. We can talk about the point or the lack thereof back here. Chill out. Not be so pissed off. I did crack my beer early. I figured, you know, we're not the trendiest podcast in the universe. Because that title is proudly held by Hog Story. 
with John, with John and Carolyn. Hog story. You know it. Everybody listens. Very important story. Big story. Hog story. <laughs> um, but yeah, I still drink a Founders All Day IPA because I feel like everybody this week has been cracking the beers real close to the mic. Like is the ritual. We're not the trendiest, but we like to at least express solidarity. Because <laughs> when I'm choking down room temperature E&J brandy from the uh. bottle, I like to wash it down with an all-day IPA. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know our three-year-old was going to cry if you didn't buy beer. Oh, my God. That was so funny. Yeah. You might have told yeah. that story. I already Can't told remember. that story. Yeah. yeah. But just to summarize. Oh, beer. <laughs> Full-day IPA was on hell of sale. And Spencer's like, I'm just going to grab this beer. And I was still pregnant. This is before the bowl last week. Uh, and I was just like, oh, don't we have beer at home? And you were like, well, I guess maybe we do. I guess that you just don't want me to have a beer. Blah, blah, blah. Fun sucker. And then Rayla got upset because you were getting upset. You'd start, you just pushed the cart away real fast. <laughs> remember? Yeah, I was and, being huffy, like comically huffy. I mean. Yeah, it was funny. I was And like, I was laughing. I was throwing a dad fit, you know. Yeah. Mad being dad. Being like, oh, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'll put it back. Just yep. put the beer back. I won't buy the beer. And then Rayla just started crying and she's we like, We're not getting the beer. We didn't get the beer. I want to get the beer. And I was like, Oh, quick, get the beer. <laughs> Don't let anyone hear our three year old ask for beer. <laughs> in, other word, it to- in other words, it totally worked. <laughs> I see you guys uh, worked that little skit out. <laughs> Total victory. To get the beer. We got the beer. But hey, mission accomplished. Beer is great for letting your breast milk down. Oh, Jesus. Speaking of accomplished missions, and uh, while we're doing fake ads, I realized a couple weeks ago I was talking about going into Penner's and getting a suit, Harold Penner's. Yeah. And uh, I did pick up the suit, by the way. It's very nice. It is a very nice suit. Uh, just need some shoes. but Working on that. At any rate, I made it sound like I was talking to Harold Pinner, and I just wanted to correct the record. Um, the guy that I talked to was Marvin, who's the vice president down there. And I feel or I like I'm trying to look up more about uh, Pinner menswear because it seems almost like it's a franchise. There's some in the other places. There's a Pinner's in the Minneapolis area. And they've got this local dude. I wasn't familiar with him, but Boobery might know about him. Uh, they call him Fancy Ray. He's like a comedian and like spokesperson for a lot of stuff, including the Pinners in Minneapolis. So I don't know. I was like trying to find out more, but uh, they don't have a website exactly. Oh. But shoot, if you're in KC and you want like a fly suit and not just like a regular suit, but something that stands out and is a little bit different, I'd wanted a purple suit for ages. And I always look at thrift stores. Thrift stores have like the worst of all possible suits. Um, like Stanhope buys the used car salesman type suits at at uh, yeah, those like blazers stores. and like that or the occasional wild seventies throwback. Those are the only two that are like even purchasable at thrift stores. But most of them are just like really boring blues and grays, you know. Yeah. But this place has the flyest stuff, so. It is so cool. You took me and the girls there to pick up, uh, was it the shirt? No. You were picking, oh, you were picking the suits up. Yeah, Duh. I was picking the suits up, and we tried on some shoes, but didn't really find what we oh wanted. Oh my gosh, though, those shoes. They have these sparkly 
kicks that have spikes on them, <laughs> like sharp, pointy spikes. Like you could just kick a motherfucker and they would be bleeding <laughs> on the dance floor. I was like, wow, I want those shoes so bad. But of course, they're men's shoes and I've got baby feet. My, but you were looking it's at the these, little goth girl inside you talking. I know, I know. Goth rave oh. motherfucker. But <laughs> you're looking at these purple shoes. Also awesome. But, you know, dark, purpley colored leather or whatever it is. And our three-year-old Rayla is like, but, Dad, I like the sparkly shoes. I was like, hell, yeah, you do. She did. (laughs) She wants you to get those spiky shoes, too. Get the spiky sparkles, man. Then they had those pastel colored loafers. Those looked so comfy, and the colors were just amazing. I was like, those are your spring shoes. Oh, the wild primary and secondary colors is like what i'm into so like purples and oranges and greens yeah very cool secondary is my favorite like, long pointy toes too gotta get your pimp shoes <laughs> for your pimp suit that's what i'm trying to say yeah harold anyway. penners Harold check Penners. them out you gotta do it if you 163rd, need 63rd right uh, here in my hood need to get fancy you go there that's right it'll take your buddy there to get ready for his wedding Tell, yeah. them, tell them the wolf sent you. They'll be like, who the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who? <laughs> They'll be like, huh? Oh. Be like, okay, well, try some on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so the Moore Act was reintroduced this week. Oh, trying again. Trying again. Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act. Schumer's bill. Um, of course, they did pass out of the house. This pa- is going to keep going. Pass out of the house? I don't know. Passed in the house. <laughs> passed out. It done passed From out. From too much house. <laughs> yeah, well, it uh. did because it was never taken up for vote in Senate. Mm-hmm. This was last December when we were talking about it. Yep. Um, but they've revised it. I've not read the full thing, the full text of it. I've been sleeping a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I'm on the I'm on the mend to be more awake for the next week. Um, but of course, this would. Um, they want to. They kind of doubled down on their social justice language. Um, they now they uh, would deny. They've removed language that could potentially deny federal permits to applicants that have cannabis-related felonies. Mm. And um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It does deschedule weed off of the controlled substance list, or yeah, the controlled substances, which I like. Um, it's a criminaliz- decriminalization measure overall. They proposed a 5% tax on retail sales that would increase to 8% over three years. I think that's, yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. The revenue would go to an opportunity trust fund, which would pay for job training, reentry services, legal aid, and health education programs for impacted communities. Um, then it would create an office of cannabis justice to oversee social equity components. No elaboration on that. Um, it would, it says their job also is to prevent federal government from penalizing users who depend on social services. That makes sense. And it would open the door to more research opportunities. Although the DEA, it does seem to be doing that, giving some people permits to, grow for research purposes um and then the small business administration 
would establish the Cannabis Restorative Opportunity Program to help businesses owned and operated by socially and economically disadvantaged individuals. So much of this language, like the the social justice buzzwords, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they well, would they would develop and implement the licensing program and listen to this one: minimize barriers for people adversely impacted by the drug war. Wow. Yeah. So. Well, the greatest, of course, is the getting it off of the damn Controlled Substance Act. Like, yeah, that's, that's the most important part. Deschedule federally is just so badly needed. Yes. And in my opinion, you should just have on a bill that just does that. I agree. Fuck all the rest of the bullshit. Just to, just deschedule it and do it tomorrow. Yeah, well, because each state has their own laws for this, right? So it's right. like, just get the federal government uninvolved. You That's know, all I ask. And, and some passive memo where they, you know, the boss sends to the goons an email, a memo is just saying, hey, we're not prosecuting people operating uh, legally in their states. Like, just pull it off. It's not even your job. It's not your concern. Yeah. Here's what makes me uncomfortable with the Moore Act. The term decriminalize. Because mm-hmm. that, to me, that insinuated that they were going to just reschedule weed instead of deschedule it. But it does say deschedule. So, it... seems like they're taking it off the controlled substances list um but then the establishment of all these groups like this trust fund to divvy up the tax money they got to build a bunch of slush funds the office yeah the small business administration holding some power it's just like that's too much this is too complicated um of course there's another federal bill going going around no (laughs) waiting to be voted on or whatever Mm -hmm. the common sense cannabis reform for veterans small businesses and medical professionals act that one is republican sponsored um we talked about it two shows ago i believe so that'd be episode 83 and that would deschedule it but then it puts weed sales in control of the atf like alcohol and i'm not really that big on that either yeah Yeah, i just it's like can't someone just pass a simple bill that says remove weed from controlled substances no because they need to make money fetties go away (laughs) yeah but they still need to keep their claws on it well they need the budget you know without without shit to make illegal then they get no budget to go fight it it's all about the budget can it be bigger next year in the budget in the budget in the budget in the budget puke just regulate it like tomatoes wouldn't that be fucking nice <laughs> it would be very nice i'm a true believer i think the tomato model would be wonderful i think it could happen very easily you just say deschedule and then it's a free fucking market you can go buy your pot from wherever you can grow it wherever that's that that guy's fucking right speaking of fucking right in <laughs> texas <laughs> They passed that super narrow, I don't even want to call it a medical bill, Uh but like the Compassionate Care Act um, that raises the THC cap to 1% and adds a few new medical conditions for qualifying patients to be able to get this 1% or less THC weed. Uh, I don't know. It's like... You said this earlier. It's like if there's a crack in the wall, now there's a chip in the wall. Yeah. Woo. So, uh... That earns, uh, this week's... It's a step in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. Their previous 
compassionate care model. I just I don't even like calling it that. It's, it's not so compassionate. compassionate. It's, it's so compassionate. It's, it doesn't do anything. But they had a uh, five thousand registered patients. You got all Texas, and wow. only five thousand people qualified for this oh program. Oh my! Wow. I am really high. Yeah, they're thinking, oh, God, we got 5,000 of them now. Too no, many. Have 10, <laughs> too Maybe, many. No, we'll probably go up to like 7,000. Uh, PTSD is on there now. For me, Gosh. and I've said this many times, but if your bill doesn't have home grow and your bill doesn't have, you know, full plant smoke, get rid of this stupid ass arbitrary THC cap, especially a 1% one. Are you kidding me? Uh,. If you don't have real plants, real medicine, with home grow, then you don't have a compassionate care act. No. There's no compassion and there's no caring. Exactly. So. Mm, it's wild know. to me that like all of these supposed like conservative free states are also like some of the most uh, draconious when it comes to our lovely weed. It is weird. South Dakota upsets me the most. I know, they're like the radical, no lockdown, freedom, freedom people. Well, Christy Noem is just like so beloved. But you you carry around the weed and you're going to pound him in the ass prison. And then she's just like, no weed. It's like, what? Excuse me? Ah, I don't know. In Connecticut, lawmakers will be considering a recreational bill hopefully this week because their deadline is your birthday, Sir Spencer. Oh, boy. It's a little 6-9 six, nine six, deadline. 6-9 dead, deadline. I love it. 69! 69, dudes! Yeah. That would be cool. Recreation moved up to recreational for Connecticut. You go, Glen Coco. Come on, Connecticut. That's all I want for my birthday this <laughs> <No>. year. <laughs> I know, it impacts us an extraordinary amount, not? (laughs) Uh, In Rhode Island, a recreational bill was introduced in the House, which would allow medical dispensaries to begin selling, uh, you know, weed to whoever wants it this summer, if they can get it passed. So when are we smoking some weed? Yeah, hopefully this summer. This summer. In Rhode Island. The roadies. The roadies. The roadies will be rolling. The little roadie weed club. Man, those guys have the rowdiest meetups, I've decided. Yes, Rhode Island meetups look so fun. <laughs> they always like post about how they got kicked <laughs> out of here. Or, you know, the noise th- noise complaint there. Yeah. Uh, well, I think they got a complaint for gathering in someone's oh, backyard yeah, or whatever know, during the scamdemic. New England nosy bastards, bro. Oh, the worst. That's why I couldn't do the New England life. No, New England life was not for me either. You know, That's why I'm out here. It's beautiful up there, man, and the the history up there is a, tremendous. Yeah, and it's the crazy old to money, see, like sixteen and seventeen hundreds buildings, and know? the old money rules everything. Well, so it's you know, <laughs> I'm not part of any old money, unfortunately. So I had to just up my roots and come here. <laughs> Caroline says. Well, they had a rager in her hotel room. <laughs> she was worried. <laughs> I... <laughs> so the the Canucks have the the wildest after parties. Nice. That's good to know. Once yeah. that border is open, man. Yeah. Once I'm not on hotel arrest for oh, coming into yeah. your country for the, like a mandatory three days or whatever. Seriously. Hugs and nugs. Just a little anal swab there, bud. Just uh, hike down the bridges there. In those pictures, too, of the hotel quarantine, they got, like, the walls that have all this plastic wrap shit on it. It's like, oh, my gosh. That's so creepy. Like the thing they carry E.T. out in or some shit. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> exactly like that. Yeah, they're probably all wearing hazmat suits too while they're trying to talk to you. And I saw the guy took a picture of like his lunch that they gave to him because he can't touch anything or go anywhere. And it was like a bologna fucking sandwich on white bread, you know, just like mustard bologna bread. What? <laughs> the revenge of Canada. <laughs> they pretended to be so nice for so long. Now that'll get you Americans. In Illinois, a House bill passed, which uh, provides an additional 110 dispensary licenses to be awarded to qualified applicants. Mm -hmm. That'll be going down in two separate lotteries with 55 licenses in each, split evenly there. The second lottery, however, is reserved... (laughs) Reversed, I almost said, oh my goodness. Reserved for equity applicants. Yeah. The definition of that, I'm not sure. They did mention people whose family members or themselves have prior weed-related convictions or who have lived in disproportionately impacted areas for at least 10 years. So here's an interesting uh, situation that's probably going to come to a head. Because you you said earlier there's federal legislation pending that could bar former convicted people from uh, doing the cannabis businesses. It would remove the language that could potentially bar them. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. So, yeah, it opens it, opens it up. So I was going to say, that that almost sounded like a coming federal-state conflict again. We don't, we don't need any more of those, man. And the opposite of all the social equity talk that right. uh, they've well. been rolling around in. <laughs> but, yeah, I know. I'm, I did misspeak. I, I did almost say it wrong. It's not necessarily a bad idea, in essence, but... Uh, it's just hard to justify as far as equal protection goes, you know. Like exactly. if you're gonna have a, if you're gonna have a lottery, then just make the make the requirements the requirements, you know. I agree. Don't give out like bonuses and different things like Harris, it, Harrison Bergen style or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Harris Bergeron that Bergeron. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know words. It's got know. a weird name. That's a great short story though. Yeah, but the Vonnegut guy, you know, <laughs> the ugly that people guy. gotta wear masks, and the smart people gotta like. Have an earpiece that blasts this high-pitched shriek into their heads every Ugh. time they have, like, an interesting thought. And the strong people have to wear, like, carry, like, flower sacks to weigh them down. Yep. Oh, my gosh. It's becoming reality. <laughs> so it's so fucked up. <clears throat> uh, um, anyway. <laughs> Nevada. They're going to have consumption lounges because they just passed an assembly bill that regulates and allows them <sighs> for people 21 plus. So, you know. If you want to get bowl after bowl rolling, just, let's park it in Nevada, maybe. <laughs> Nevada's potential, man. Yeah. It's potential. I'm not, I'm not moving to fucking Nevada, though. I'm not moving there, but maybe we can just operate our thing there and fly out every once yeah, in a while. Yeah, just fly out on the weekends <laughs> with our, or something. With our plane and our feasible. pilot's license. <laughs> My $33 million. Oh, yeah. Old. <laughs> anyway, they uh, there's going to be two types of licenses for the consumption lounges. One that'll go to existing dispensaries who want to allow their patrons to consume in the dispensary. Smart. And the other will be for new independent businesses that are in no way, shape, or form attached or near an existing retailer. Hmm. So uh, you can't have like two buildings, you know, like, oh, you buy your weed here and then go across the street to the lounge. So, and they also did write in the bill that local governments can enact policies to restrict these consumption lounges from coming into their 
area if they so choose. Yeah, the recreational consumption is just, it makes perfect sense. You already have bars, which are the most dangerous of, of any kind of thing you could probably have. Maybe you could make an argument against, like, maybe opium dens or uh, the heroin-safe injection sites or something mm. like that, which might be a little more dangerous than a bar, let's say. But just weed, man. I mean, the first one I ever went to was the Canvas Cafe in Portland when we went out there for the National Normal Conference in 2009. And uh, it was fantastic. It was like the most laid back, safest. I mean, it felt like youth group almost or like a church kind of event, but with weed. Like That's how <laughs> it kind of felt, you know. That's cool. It was like hippie church because it was in the same sort of a basement thing, you know. But then they had a bar. There was a guy just filling up volcano bags and passing them around. There was a waitress with trays of joints walking around, handing people joints. And you just pay for the entry, and then it's all you can smoke? Yeah, it was five bucks a head, and then it was all donated bud. uh, A lot of trim from local growers and different things, you know, so. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was extra laid back. Yeah, that's a bummer. I missed that one. Yeah. Blah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why did they close? I don't know. I didn't keep up uh, (sighs) with the place in particular, but I think they moved the location and they closed. But, you know, I mean... That's the problem with the public consumption things. Is like they they were like a private uh, club members only thing, you know. So yeah. they got loopholed around some of the laws, but they probably just got you know legislated out of being able to do that. Yeah, because I wrote down Alaska, Colorado, and New York currently permit social consumption sites. Yeah, we got to get with more. Nevada. Like, can you believe that? What a missed opportunity for money making. Yeah, I mean selling joints. It's kind of like selling beer by the glass. You know what I mean? You have another margin right there built in. And there's plenty of people who just want to go out and share a joint. Man. Yeah. And then you can sell your just your food sales are going to skyrocket. <laughs> no doubt. You sell joints. You sell more food. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Mississippi, their secretary of state said he will not be pushing back on the Supreme Court justices to try and change their minds on their ruling, which invalidated the 2020 voter-approved ballot measure to legalize medical weed. Uh, boo. Boo hiss. Uh, he said instead he's going to try and urge the governor, Tate Reeves, to call a special session of the legislature to fix the technicality on which it was thrown out. Okay, well. Uh, good luck with that, because, you know, this things changed in Mississippi in the year 2000. <laughs> they have... Okay, the measure got thrown out because the ballot initiative directions say, oh, collect signatures from our five congressional districts. Mississippi has had four congressional districts since the year 2000. That's an early gutter. Yeah, dude. That's so dumb. For, <laughs> for 21 years, people have been collecting signatures and passing these amendments, you know, yeah. on, uh, you know, with the language of the paperwork being wrong, saying five districts instead of four. Yeah. But only now, of when course. medical weed passes with 74% of the vote, mind you, now it's a problem. These sons of bitches, dude. That's so, so dishonest. Yes. It does need to be changed so that they can't pull this shit on another voter approved measure. But it's a complete bullshit that this is the first time it's been a problem. Right. Because apparently it's been a problem every time. If having, 
incorrect language on the yep. you know directions just invalidates everything, then the, fuck well, you guys. The law <laughs> should just read all of the you know if they're going to require signatures from all of the districts, then it just says should say all of the districts. I like that. That would be great. Then you're not. And you know. I still I see this as oh the fault falls on the state, not the people collecting the signatures because it's their fault the language is wrong. There. Right. Yeah, but that's never how it works, you know. No, no. And my last weed story for today is that this grower in Rhode Island might lose his license after testifying against the Fall River mayor oh, for the bribery he was involved in. I thought this was interesting because, you know, they're supposed to be given protections right. when you're, you know, testifying against a crime that occurred. And uh, no, no, he was trying to, the problem is he was trying to vertically integrate his company into Massachusetts. And mm. um, so th- I, I think what they're referring to is that, oh, you can't have this license in Massachusetts. Um, but I don't know. Uh, state regulators have said that there were other offenses that are leading to his license being revoked, such as failing to ensure the state has camera access to the facility, which I'm like, wow, that's real creepy. Yeah. You have to have the state able to watch you 24 hours a day, seven be able days to a peek week. In, um, and also, see if you're still jacking your dick. <laughs> yeah. Failing to properly track plants and in inventory. Oh, which, yeah, the seed to sale shit. That's very complicated. It's it seems a pain like. in the ass. So, yeah. It says he uh, he paid Mayor Korea of Fall River, Mass, with uh, cash, doesn't specify how much, and dozens of pounds of weed. Nice. That's as uh, detailed as it gets. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I think he, no, no, it looks like he might be losing his license in Rhode Island. Oh, that makes sense. That makes more sense because I'm guessing Massachusetts would have offered him the immunity for testifying. Right. Oh, it's just crazy. Womp womp. Womp womp, (laughs) indeed. But you know, it's not a womp womp. What I using essential oils sometimes. I love it. (laughs) I had a good first experience with it. So did you? Yes, I did. Hopefully some of the bowlers did, too. Well, here's our first uh, call in. So I always call you guys right after I call Hog Stories. And, uh, yeah, your first time I ever topic on the uh, in, in the bowl is uh, not showing at the moment. Whoops. So I actually don't remember what the, what the topic is. But, you know what, I think you guys are probably a little distracted anyway because uh, you've got, you got a new little wolf cub in your, in your pack there. So uh, uh, congratulations to uh, the both of you and your, and your burgeoning family and uh, – you know, and love, love is lit and light and all of, and, and all of that such. Um, and yeah, it's, it's I, I, you know, I mean, having, uh, you know, it's been, it's been a while since I've experienced the birth of a child. It's, uh, it's been about, yeah, it's been about 17 years since that's, since that's happened. Uh, you know, it, no matter how it happens, it's always pretty amazing when it does. True. Um, you that's know, true. unfortunately in both cases, in both of the cases, uh, both my kids got cut out, uh, you know, so that's, so you get you get to experience the natural childbirth, which is the way the way it should happen. But uh, you know sometimes things don't happen, and hey, I, they had to cut me out too. So yeah, uh, guess that's, that's uh, you know, everybody's I guess different that's the way for it goes. sure. But uh, yeah, we, we we I guess we I guess we liked our womb a little too much. But um, <laughs> all right, y'all. Um, you know, in, it's uh, this is uh, let's say it's uh, you know it, it's new world, I guess. Well, maybe not new world because you because you already have two kids, but or two. So yeah, now a third one, but. Uh, um, 
Yeah, the, the, it, you get to have a boy. It's a l- little different experience. So, anyway. Love you, mean it. Love you, fun boy. Love you. Thank you. Yeah, the boy is slightly different. I can't really explain how or why. Oh, I'm just head over heels in love with him. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I felt real happy and gushy with the girls too, you know. But this little man, just he's totally stolen my heart. <laughs> I remember I was like, well, you know, he just pooped, but he's sleeping. I don't want to disturb him. You were like, must be fucking nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, damn, he got it all, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I told you, I'm like, you know, I just I wake up and he's there sleeping next to me with his little baby smile having these nice dreams and my heart just flutters i got butterflies in my tummy like and i'm just just like that first love like uh-huh <laughs> you're like yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> oh he's awesome uh, yeah good stuff uh you know who else is awesome this next caller bowl after bowl.com hey first of all bowl after congratulations bowl. to the happy mom and dad and the healthy baby boy thank you thank you may his bowl burn bright eventually yeah. <laughs> someday <laughs> someday i'm sure so or not I'm if he doesn't chilling here smoking some chicken on the pellet smoker hell yeah Ooh. sipping a little wild turkey bourbon cheers tipping them bottles cheers 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 <laughs> the first time i ever even heard of essential oils i was in college and was working on the university farm. You can guess who I am. And they were having a uh, pasture walk Bar one weekend, Todd. and there was some little tidying up to do. Yeah. And I grabbed the weed whacker. <laughs> whacker. Whacker, whacker. And had to go clear a little spot down where we parked the tractor so we could have people park. It was kind of in this shady grove area below the barn. And it was a hot summer day, and I had shorts on. And up here in north-central Pennsylvania, <laughs> really close to the New York State border, at about 2,000 feet of elevation. That's cute. We don't have poison ivy. Uh-huh. But right outside of State College, Pennsylvania, which is 90 miles south of here, huh. they have a fuckload of it. Yeah. And if you use a weed whacker oh, shit. and zip through some poison ivy and aerosol that shit mm-hmm. on your legs when you're wearing shorts a couple days from that moment is fucking excruciating yeah no fucking bueno dude so i was in a lot of pain and my legs were all swelled up looking nasty and oozing <laughs> and pussing and looking like an exploded pustule of pus Blech. everyone was giving me all kinds of homeopathic stuff, and they said tea tree oil. Oh, shit. Hmm. And I don't remember if that stuff even actually worked. <laughs> I rubbed it all over my legs. Yeah. I think it maybe helped. I think the <laughs> beer helped more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember it was 1999 because then I went to Woodstock 99. Oh. Which was a total shit show. Hell yeah. <laughs> and when I got back, I think all the dirt and the grime and the bacteria from... Woodstock 99 cured my poison ivy. <laughs> Fuck so, yeah. There you go, man. That. All right. I'm going to continue smoking my chicken. Hell yeah. Mesquite pellets right now. Buck, buck, buck. Oh, he got cut. Uh, oh, man. That was funny, though. The pencil tucky. We call, uh, 
there's a few like things you can add tucky on just to make it more redneck. Uh, but the the one in this area is Council Tucky for Council Bluffs, Iowa. Um, mostly Omaha people will know about Council Tucky, but yeah, it's a little thing here. That's the most Tucky I can think of closest to us, but that had to make me chuckle. But here he leaves us the last bit. Yeah, I got cut off. Yeah. The longest I've ever talked. Anyways, it's chicken smoke. Oh, Christ. Sorry about that. Anyways, it's chicken smoking. The bulls will be smoking. Yeah. Have a good rest of your week and summer. Congratulations, Spencer and Morian, to a happy and healthy life and family. Cheers. 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 Spark one up. Thank you, Farmer Todd. Smoking a chicken. Studliness, studliness. Here's another smoking caller. Oh, hello, 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 hello. Hello. In the bowl, bowl. babes. Oof. Oh, yeah. Speaking of babes, congratulations. Thank you. How, how, how? In the bowl. Oh, my gosh, babe, number three. Oh, your wolf cub. The first one, the first brother, your first son. Number one, son. I'm so excited for you. I'm, you know, uh, Lorian, you're such a warrior goddess. You know that? You are a goddess. No doubt. I love you. No doubt. I love love you both. You You are amazing (laughs) beings. And that child, amongst your others, are so fortunate and lucky to have you as parents. I don't I don't have to be your child to know that. It's intuitive, mm-hmm. it's felt, it's real. And um I'm just so proud of you for everything that you've done to forge a uh wonderful and develop a wonderful, loving and truly unique family unit. Hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Uh inconceivable. inconceivable. <laughs> I can't believe it. I was not surrounded by wonderful, amazing people like you throughout my life. So it's fun to uh, fantasize about that, to imagine. Just just wanting to be around you is something that I think about mm-hmm. often. So, yeah, and uh, uh, Spence, if you ever, well, both of you, obviously, if you ever do start that orchard, you just give you just give old Quirky a call, and I'll come a running to help you out. Hell yeah. Ooh, Hell that yeah. would be awesome. <laughs> Quirk has And then, of hand. course, you're going to have the part of the orchard where you are cultivating the finest chronic imaginable, Smoke I'm sure you could teach me. Yeah, <laughs> that would be fantastic. So, uh, <laughs> oh, not much longer. So I will have to call a second time. Oh, and, no worries. Because uh, this, this is an FTE I can definitely share about. Hell yeah. And, um... Yeah, I hope you're. I hope that you're healing really well, Lorianne dear, and uh, you're strong and determined and tenacious and fortuitous and beautiful and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> everything. I love you. I love you both. Okay, I'll talk to you soon again. Okay. Bye. Looking forward to the show tonight. Hell yeah. In the bowl. Spark one up. We sparked one up. Here, Quirk has sparks one up for us. Hello, hello again. Hello. So here it is. Um, 
I don't remember exactly how long ago it was, somewhere near uh, maybe 20 years ago, and I'll just preface this quickly with saying this all started with me researching um, food and what I was putting into my body and also getting access to the first Trader Joe's in the Chicagoland area, um, or at least not the first one, but the first one around my area, which was the uh, western suburb of Lombard, which is in DuPage County, near College of DuPage, where John Belushi attended. Nice. And it's just, um, a, you know, it was a pretty nice area and everything. And so there was this new store, Trader Joe's, and just going in there, I just saw so much more natural, real food without all the shit in it, and mm -hmm. it helped me expand my dietary horizons, and I wanted to feel better, and I started researching and trying to understand ingredients, and then, okay, um, ironically enough, the, my first essential oil that I experimented with was for internal consumption, mm. and that was peppermint oil. Oh, oh sure. the wonders of peppermint oil. Yeah. Let me count the ways. They are limitless. And I use them, I use peppermint oil and tea tree oil very regularly every day in many products that I've um, added it to and made for my home. Um, they're, they're wonderful for aromatherapy, for topical use. And I use the peppermint oil, um, you're, you're usually not supposed to put them in anything or in, internally consume them, but I wanted to have real peppermint in my hot cocoa, real oh, cocoa. Yeah. That sounds great. Not processed junk. Right. So I did, and wow, holy shit. <laughs> Mama Jamma, amazing flavor and taste. And then when I started um, using Petro, oh, I couldn't really stand the smell of it. It took me many years to it's, acclimate. It's powerful. Um, to that smell, and I, I really enjoy it now. But uh, it, it's just uh, incredibly healing. It's an incredibly healing and restorative antifungal, antibacterial, everything. It's just a miracle oil, as is cannabidiol. So. Yeah, no doubt. Ooh, I'm about to run out of time. Ooh, baby. baby. Yes, good stuff, good stuff. Keep experimenting with essential oils. Nature's gift. Love you, bye. Love you. Love you. Thanks for calling in. Quirky quirk ass in the bowl. In the bowl. Peppermint oil. Can I tell you my first time? Yeah, well, I did want to say it's like, that's our cool kind of approach to the common sense medicine or common sense treatment. It's like try everything you can that's just basic first. That's just regular, natural things. Scents and oils, herbs, all these different remedies. And you should escalate it up to medical intervention, you know? I agree. I think, you know, if you have a good chiropractor and you're staying aligned and then you go into... What can I do with a, an herb or an oil? You know, what can I do by changing my diet? That's a big one. Um, Drinking more water. Just hydrating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there's so much you can do before. Because we've just been trained since birth, since our birth. I mean, I'm only 30, about to be 31. And uh, my whole life, it's like you get sniffles, you go to the doctor, you know, like everything. Mm. It's like go to the doctor, go to the doctor, go to the doctor. And then you're talking about insurance, you're talking about co-pays you're talking about getting prescribed a pharmaceutical maybe an antibiotic for every little thing 
mm-hmm. uh, which just wears down your immune system if you take antibiotics over and over and over again. Yeah, wipes out all the good germs too, right? Right, on in your gut flora and all that stuff. So uh, we definitely try to lean as much as we can into the natural remedies. And I think that uh, our caller farmer Todd alluded to it earlier, like, sometimes time is the best one but you know beer he's like did the did the tea tree oil help did the beer help i don't know did was the actual cure woodstock 99 like <laughs> uh regardless like you can usually help yourself and if you can get away with helping yourself it's a little bit better in the end definitely i do trust western medicine for surgeries specifically yeah it's like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. they're good I at think, cutting you up and they're <laughs> they're good at the they're good at like the carpentry and the physical stuff you know if you break something they can put it back on pretty well but the, the that's p- what i like like sewing you up if you're cut if your bone is broken uh then of course i go to those guys and then you know i don't really I, like the screws and the hardware that i have in my ankle maybe i'll get those back out because mm. they bother me a lot of different times yeah you know? whenever the weather changes and like I should just be healed by now from a broken ankle that yeah. happened two winters ago. So I don't know. Maybe that's on the table to get out of there eventually. But yeah, all in all, you know, they can put you back together pretty well, and I like them for that. But I don't like I don't like them for treatment. You know, as far as the way that the pharmaceutical drugs are created and distributed and incentivized, I just don't. I just am not. I'm not into it. Yeah. Well, especially when it comes to, like, uh, drugs for emotions. <laughs> right. Uh, I remember... Thoughts and feelings drugs. Yeah. I had a friend in college who was talking about trying to get on an antidepressant. And I was like, well, have you tried changing your diet and exercising, maybe? Because this all started because she was she was actually feeling insecure about her weight. That's where the thoughts were all stemming sure. from. And she was like, I used to be so fit in high school, and now I'm like, you know. Yeah, and in high school, you're probably on a dance team and on a softball team. Exactly, very involved. Then you go to college, you smoke weed, and you read books, and that's it. And you skip class. And and you go to the, oh, the... you got 21 meals a week at the fucking dining hall, which you never could eat. That's what I was looking for, the meal plan. And you know what they have there besides the... Oh, you know, some salad bar, but then they've got pizza and all sorts of bread, ice cupcakes, cream the ice cream machine. Yeah. Yes, and that's what you go you for. Sprinkle <laughs> fucking gummy bears and M&Ms Ugh. on it. It's like you're at the Golden Corral, but it's like college and dorm like. And it's every day because you have to use that meal plan because it's so damn expensive. You got the grill, you're going to get a greasy ass uh, mm. triple cheese melt. Yeah, it's no bueno. And then I was like, uh, have you tried uh, you know, dietary changes and exercise first? And like really, really triggered this buddy of mine. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I would just go there first instead of like, uh, I don't know if it's a therapist or a psychologist that can prescribe you drugs. But whichever one. I was like, man. Oh, yeah. Everybody had a fucking you just, Patty prescription or Zoloft or Xanax. Well, or- and if you recall, as a fellow Mizzou student at one point in your life, they offered free <laughs> mental health services yeah. so you could get your drugs through the university people <laughs> yeah. for free until, you know, you're paying for your script. But Maybe that'd be a good f tie next week. Uh, first time I ever talked to a therapist. <laughs> oh. Because yeah. I've only done it once, but I was in college, and I won't give the whole thing away, I guess. Took advantage of that free sesh. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, 
it was an interesting journey well, to get there, but I'll I'll peel it back next yes, week. Yes, yeah, definitely. I won't, I won't spoil it too much. Just uh, just a little tease. I was in college. That's the tease. But yeah, your your uh, essential oil. I didn't mean to steer you away. Oh yes, because you were just about to drop it on us, and then I was like, peppermint oil. Also, my first essential oil. Although. Yeah. The first one I ever saw and asked a question about was tea tree oil. Yeah. Because you had it in your little, uh, I don't know, it was in your bathroom when I first met you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this smells wild. What do you use this for? And I don't even remember what you said. I think you were like. I think the one that I've had for my whole life has been this hair product mm. uh, that had tea tree oil in it. Yeah. Well, I was like, okay. And I just kind of dismissed it and didn't think anything of it um, until... Semi recently, like when when we revived bowl after bowl, and I was talking to Quirk S, and she's like, "Yeah, tea tree oil, earaches, tea tree oil," and I was like, "Hell yeah!" yeah. And it worked, of course. But my first essential oil experience was with peppermint oil because I said something to your sister about having a headache from grinding my teeth. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, here. And just pulled out the peppermint oil, dabbed one dot on each temple, and was like, that should make you feel better. And I was like, oh, wow. This is kind of nice, kind of tingly and cool and relaxing. The smell is helpful. Mm-hmm. That's the wild part of the aromatherapy, too. Like, uh, I love that makes sense place that was in Colombia. And there's a few places like that here where you can go in and mix your own, like, perfume or massage oil or um, reed diffuser or all kinds of different things that you can just choose your own like aromas of essential oils to add to some kind of base product they got usually lotions all kinds of shit um because i used to get perfume for you a certain type but then uh this tantric massage oil which i made with grapefruit sandalwood and i want to say uh white tea but i can't remember exactly there's one other one in it but it's just like you can pick and choose these scents make your own personal scent and then you know have a whole uh mindset and mind frame that you're entering whenever that smell comes out it's nice it's pretty cool. a custom scent just for you you just look up the different scents it's like oh what am i going for what uh, do these scents bring about and then bam bam you got it you're in control wham bam thank you ma'am Thank you, ma'am, this next caller, for calling into the bowl. The first time I ever experienced essential oils takes me back to 2003 when I was uh, a student, a sorority girl at uh, Jacksonville University. Uh, I think I took, like, some athletics or something. I was really good in, 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 uh, in field hockey and shot put. Bad. So I I was going going to school there. So the girls and I went down to Miami for uh, for spring break. So it was really fun. We had a great time. And when it came to uh, getting home, my my car got taken. Oh shit! By the girls, they were like, flipped me off, and they said, you know, they were gone. Whoa! I had some money with me, but after, by that time, I only had like twenty dollars in my pocket to bitches. And I was like, this isn't enough to uh, to to get home. Shit! And 
lo and behold, that same day that they left me there was, it happened to be the 33rd annual booty shaking contest. Hell yeah. And the winner gets 50 bucks. This is serious. So I thought, that's enough. That's enough for me to get home. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I I go and enter the contest and and it said you, you gotta you gotta pay for the for the for the oils. And so I'm like, what do I need the oils for? Oh. Well, this is get your booty all shined up. But and everything. Nice. So you could choose mint or spearmint or lavender or aloe. I went with lavender because I want to smell nice. Hell yeah. Do you want to so see that? They had the guy there and I had to take off my, my, my booty pants because that's all I was wearing. Oh yeah. And so they poured all the oil on my butt and, and then I, they said, oh, you gotta, you gotta rub it in, rub it in. <laughs> so I'm rubbing it in, rubbing it in. And then, I get up on stage and I'm shaking my booty. This was before twerking, also. So this, so this is uh, this is trending. So oh yeah, you're ahead of the curve. Let me see what it looked like. Is my eyes deceiving me? <laughs> I'm in the cliffhanger. She, she continues. So I started a trend. Yes. But this was before twerking. I don't remember what song it was, but I was really into it, and the crowd loved it. Hell yeah. So they, uh, I thought once I was once I was done, they said, "Oh, that, that, that's it. Thank you, thank you very much." And then, and then they announced all the all, all the winners, the first, second, and third prize. I think the second prize got steak knives. Nice. Um, I don't know what the third prize was, but it wasn't the fifty bucks that I was looking for. Damn. Because I needed to get on that bus. So. They announced they announced all the names, and then the in the first prize winner, they announced my name, Woo! and I was in shock. Hell yeah! I was like, whoa! I, how did they know I needed the money to get home? So I I got I got my fifty bucks. Hell yeah! And um and I got a bottle of lavender oils, and that was my experience with essential oils and everyone's like oh right cool kinky yeah right oh, yeah, nice oh nice yes now whenever i hear carolyn and hog story i'll just think of her shaking her lavender oil booty chick 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 getting the 50 chick, bucks chick, chick that booty that is deemed as more sexually attractive lavender oil for your butt it's just weird they talk the chicks into it yeah, I fucking love it. You'd love it. It feels so good. Thank you, Carolyn. <laughs> For a little men mental images. Epic tales. Carolyn Blakey keeping the bowl biting since 2020. <laughs> love it. Oh, man. Well, you got to get home, you know. You get, uh, get home. You got that fine booty. You got to put it to work. Put it to work. They loved it. You'd love it. They loved it. I loved it. This next caller was all about it, in fact. So, the first time I ever experienced essential oils 
was when I was in massage therapy school. And I have actually uh, used them extensively. Um, I prefer uh, to mix tinctures and, and potions, what have you. Uh, it doesn't hurt that I'm Wiccan. Uh, but oh, yeah. I use that a lot in place of Western medicine. Um, I would much rather mix up, like, you know, take some peppermint oil and spearmint oil and, you know, mix them together and, you know, put them at the base of your neck and across your forehead and behind your ears and alleviate a headache like that. Sure. As opposed to dropping Advil, Tylenol, or, you know, insert any other medication that may or may not be used. And, uh, it, it's really nice because it's a, uh, it's an across the board, uh, solution. Uh, it works on migraines as well as just whatever causes a headache. So, yeah. Uh, so, in the bowl, y'all, it's Phoenix, and don't forget to check out No Apologies, because we just dropped the latest episode. Oh, hell yeah. In the bowl. In the bowl, Phoenix. You hit that magical minute 33 on your voicemail, too. Ooh. Good work. Oh, I love it. When they when they hit the 33s. Digits! Y'all got digits! <laughs> um, Yeah, check out No Apologies in the YouTube channel. We'll post a link in the notes. Notes links. That's the power we wield as podcasters. We're posted in the notes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, as I alluded to earlier, my first time that I ever experienced any essential oil was tea tree oil. And it was like the tea tree phenomenon. I don't know. It was like popping up or if it was just like, it's like one of those things where when you first hear about a thing, then you see it everywhere. Sure. And uh, I can't remember what that phenomenon is called. I can't either. But it's a real thing. It's like the Ford Pinto effect when you buy a Ford Pinto and then everyone else is driving. <laughs> Just kidding. Nobody drives that shit. But uh, what I was saying uh, was about my barber gave me this. Uh, it's like uh, some product that I can't even really remember what you call it. It's kind of like gel, but it comes in the little circle thing. It's like uh, a paste. Uh, it's between a paste and a wax, you know? Yeah. And it, you rub it in. And it gives you this like stiff, nice hair, but it also softens your hair out and kind of makes it really nice feeling. And it had tea tree oil in it. So that's what I always associate the smell with first. And I was like, damn, this tea tree oil. I mean, it was powerful. And it would even like give your, a, uh, give your hair a kind of tingly and your scalp kind of a tingly, tingly burn. It was really nice. And then I started seeing places that had tea tree oil toothpicks everywhere. And so since I had hmm. just learned about it, I was like, oh, teacher, oh, hell yeah, it's my jam, my jam, my jam. Loved it. But yeah, that's that's still what I had when you met me, the teacher oils. Yeah. Was in the um, in that product. And sometimes, you know, you don't even, I'm not even using it in my hair, I just open and smell it. It does and smell nice. mighty fine. It's like nice and soothing. Can't really explain it exactly. Lavender has that kind of calm, sleepy effect, you know. Different yeah. scents for different bents. This collar's on a different bent. Howdy ho, bowlers. Howdy ho, uh, First time I experienced essential oils, my folks had picked up a glass, like, water fountain diffuser that had a little LED light, glass bowl, little bubbler. Yeah. Add your oils. 
I've tried making like uh, soaked toothpicks before yeah. that helped me quit smoking. Didn't work. No, nope. kind of tasty though. Soak them in mint and peppermint, frankincense, and all sorts of shit. Um, anointed candles, stuff like that. Uh, a couple of bracelets. Soak them, not soak them, but drop little droplets of oil in there. Oh yeah, good stuff. Boobs out. Boobs out. Boobs out in the bowl. Yeah, that's funny. There, there's a lot of different uh, quit smoking tricks. And I know one's like chewing on toothpicks or sunflower seeds. And like, it just kind of depends on who you are and why you smoke. And mm. some people who are fidgety and just need that like. Like an oral fixation. Yeah. They have like a physical, like an oral fixation and a physical routine they have to do. You know, it's almost like a version of ocd or something you know where you just have like some people are pin clickers or you know i'm a, like a leg shaker different stuff like that if it's a physical need then that might help you know when you're chewing on gum or chewing on something sometimes it's a chemical hook and that's when the nicotine the nicotine substitute products kind of work sometimes it's just a mind thing and hypnosis can work but in my experience, it just comes down to like, are you going to just stop? Are you going to just stop doing that? Are you going to just stop? And that's that's how you stop. And it sounds so dumb, I know, to say it. But I, I've quit. I've been, you know, I've smoked on and off since I was probably 16. Um, probably more off than on as far as cigarettes go. I've smoked weed most of the whole time. But with cigs, like, uh, for me, usually I gotta have a reason to start and a reason to stop. And I would say this last time when I stopped, I still, like, wanted a cigarette more often than the other times I stopped. But the key is just the purchase of them, you mm-hmm. know? And if you're like, God, oh, well, you know, this is my last pack, and then you decide that, and I know... Like, my dad, he says he's been trying to stop for, like, a year or so. Yeah, every pack's his last pack. His, he's had a <laughs> lot of last packs lately. And uh, for me, it's like, okay, you decide this is my last pack. And then after that, what you do is you just don't buy them again. You don't buy them again. And this time, I will admit, it's like I've had more times where I'm like, ah, fucking could really step out on the back porch and be smoking a cigarette. But we co-sleep. And so around the newborn baby, it's like, you know, they're getting used to your smell and figuring you out. And, you know, if you're smoking a cigarette, it's just not the greatest. No. Not the greatest experience for your baby while while you're laying in bed there. And that's like, when I'm smoking, that's my favorite cigarette is like the nighttime cigarette or the real late night, like right before bed cigarette even. And, uh, you know, once you stop buying them, then you're down to, oh, well, if I'm out at a bar and people are smoking, then I'll, then I'll have to ask to bum one. And so then there's a little barrier because I don't really like asking people for shit. Um, even though smokes are one of those things where um, it's like one of those things where it's okay to ask people for. Or like if you see somebody eating gum, <laughs> like uh, somehow that's like all right to ask for some. But you don't want to be a mooch. You don't want to be a mooch the whole time, no. And so like I try not to do it too often. Sometimes I'll do it to my dad because I've given him enough over the course of the time that he owes me in the SIG game. But, yeah, once you just stop buying them, that's the biggest hurdle. And then uh, it's just it's just a matter of control over your life. Who's making your own decisions? You are. You are. And so you have to just want it enough to say, no, I'm not going to buy it. 
because I decided I wasn't going to buy it. If you have these internal, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about internal battles, mostly. We're like arguing with yourself, or you're like, I can't control myself. Like, well, you got to start doing fucking push ups because you're the only one. <laughs> you're the only one controlling you, man. Yeah, and you're always the most stubborn motherfucker standing in your way, too. And you're the only one when everybody else goes away, like, okay, you have an accountability coach and you have this, uh, I don't know, other shit in your life or whatever you have. Maybe you have a pastor who's helping you keep in line. But when everybody else is gone and you're all alone with no accountability partner, like you're the only one that's still there. You're there the whole time. You and God, if you want God, uh... He's he's there the whole time whether you want him or not. But that that's like that's where you gotta say no. I'm gonna just this is the decision I made. I'm gonna stick by it. Or you decide I don't want to stop. You know, which is fine too. I mean, if you don't have if you don't have compelling enough reasons, or if it's nicer to smoke than to not smoke, then that's the beauty of freedom. You know, you can keep smoking, but don't t- torture yourself and lie to yourself about like oh, I should quit and I can't. You can. You definitely can. Just just do it if you need to. It'll be okay. We got, I think, maybe a new caller in the pool. <gasps> hey, ballers. Uh, I was going to let you know about the first time I think I really had uh, oh. any experience with essential oil. I know my, uh, my mom Buddy, had, Kirby. You know, when I was growing up. She had, I think it was tea tree oil around the house. And so I know what it smelled like, but I don't know. I was, wasn't really into it, but... Uh, a little later on, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago or something, um, I went to get my hair cut at some place. It was just a chain, um, you know, nothing special. But I guess they had some kind of deal going on. There was no one else no one else in the store in the uh, when they were going to cut my hair. So, oh, well, we got this uh, this extra thing, and we got a, a, a tea tree experience, I think oh, is what yeah. she called it. And she said, oh, okay, come in. And, and I had a cold at the time, too, I think she picked up on and. the uh, uh-huh. Oh, come back to the the back, and, and she starts washing my hair with the the tea. And so I recognize the smell, and yeah. at the same time, it was clearing up my sinuses and uh, you know the, the the effect it has on your scalp as it gets all tingly. And so it's uh, pretty pretty uh, magnificent if you if you haven't really had this yeah. before. It's like and better then, than uh, the menthol kind of thing. Somewhere in the middle, she started putting hot towels on. I said, oh, well, I'll give you a, a facial massage. And she says, yeah, here's all the pressure points. Here's a point. Here, I'm going to push this part on your face, and then it's uh, your sinuses will clear. Yep. Oh. <laughs> you know, this is like a like a $6 haircut. So, wow, oh, I'm blown yeah. away by this. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's great, great. Uh, I've never... Uh, never got to go back to that place again. It was kind of out of the way, you know. I was oh, out of yeah. town and all that, but... It's just I, I think of that when I think of uh, essential oils as, uh, as that kind of thing. I say, oh, well, you know, probably paid more than – no, I tipped her really well. Hell yeah. So. <laughs> You'd love but, it. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's something else. Talk to you later. Adios. Thanks for ringing in. Yeah, that's funny that you uh, experienced it also at a hair cutting, a hair salon first. That sounds so nice. I want that experience. <laughs> I where can a girl go to get the love tea tree the shampoo experience? treatment, man? I love the shampoo treatment. It's so great. I gotta make my own. You go in there, and there's like another human being just working your scalp mm. with the fingertips, with the fingernails, just like and the, the hot water going. Oh my god, 
It's yeah. fantastic. I like getting my hair washed at a salon more than I like like a like a massage personally. Like a body massage? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I like getting the, my hair washed better. The head rubs. They're both great, but for me that getting your hair washed takes the edge. Huh. I've never experienced a full body massage besides like a professional one. Yeah. I had one of my old chiropractor. Oh, nice. Back in Columbia. I just get them in bed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. This other caller gets them. So my first experience with essential oils would have to be a peppermint oil. Um, yeah. My uncle had a sauna. It's all either tea tree or peppermint. And you would put some peppermint oil into the rocks, uh, and it would kind of like atomize in the air and almost be like a a room full of Vicks vapor rub. Yeah. It'd mm. like clear out your pores and everything. So uh, one time I was up there with a friend, and uh, we were all in the uh, sauna. And so I put a few, uh, three, four drops of peppermint oil in the rocks, and uh, after about 15, 20 minutes, all of our eyes were burning. Oh, no. <laughs> we couldn't even stay in there anymore. Oh, shit. So then when my uncle came out there, he asked, how, how much did you put in there? I'm like, I, I don't know, like three, four drops. He's <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, you're only supposed to put one small drop in. <laughs> so, yeah, all of our uh, eyes were burning. Could breathe really well. Yeah. Right? We're totally clear. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Crying and snot. Uh, essential oils uh, encounter. So. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Yeah, that's that's pretty great that uh, everyone is pretty much tea tree and peppermint oil. Although Carolyn did have the lavender oil for the soothing booty. Soothing booty. The most uh, soothed booty in the universe also gave us a call. The best thing about essential oils was that they were never told by the government that they had to stay home and shelter in place because of the Rona fear pandemic. Yeah. They were still allowed to work. <laughs> you gotta love that. Only the essential oils. Just the essential oils. Yeah, non-essential oils really got fucked. Yeah. They had to rely on the PPE. <laughs> but if you were an essential if you were an essential oil, you know, you could still say oh. Uh Cercer Seat Sitter sent us a text. He said, uh, don't think I ever used essential oils. If I have, they didn't really leave an impact on me. But here's a meme. <laughs> and there's a nice. meme of a man being forced to watch. Uh, the caption is, An Italian immigrant, Italian-American immigrant is held still and forced to watch in horror as pineapple is added to a pizza for the first time. And it's one of those clowny pineapple rings, too. Oh, it looks like he can't stand it. A sepia-toned meme. I think that's a first in the bowl. That was very nice. Well, thank you, everybody who called in and uh, offered their... First time I ever experience. Next time we're getting personal and crazy and talking about the first time I ever spoke with a therapist, which is uh, it's always a fun one. I think people might have things to weigh in on. We're just interested to hear like why and how, and did it help much? And or you know, I've I personally found my uh, expectations versus what happened like was kind of way underwhelming. You know, I thought it would be this hmm. big thing, and it wasn't really at all. But, yeah, next week we'll talk about 
First time I ever spoke with a therapist. Therapist. I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, so we only have one thing left to do. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. I love bowling. I love bowling too. We need to bowl. It's been too on long. On your birthday. Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, maybe we get back to the lanes for my birthday. <laughs> that would be pretty cool, actually. Remember, uh, like the first surprise birthday I did for you. Yeah, <laughs> that one was great. Parked actually. you out at the lanes and said that in the car. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, oh, and I think I said it wrong too. But I was trying to say, oh, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. And I think I was like, oh, fuck it. Let's go bowling. <laughs> I forgot the dude or some yeah. shit. You're like, that's not Or you not said, like, fuck it. Let's go bowling, dude, or something. Yeah. That's not the quote. Good night to Fletcher in the bowl. Oh, night, night, Fletcher. Get some rest, my man. So, Phoenix sent me a story of a woman who protested. The jab tents. Oh, boy. Those clinics that are popping up uh-huh. in uh, Maryville, Tennessee. And she just drove through those tents and shouted, no vaccine. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> <laughs> of course, she ended up getting uh, seven counts of reckless endangerment. Sure. And uh, she was released on a $21,000 bond and has a hearing June 7th. I'll be damned. I'm going to follow up on that. Yeah, that's pretty wild. She said that was a local story, right? Yes. That's where she's at. You gotta Hell be yeah. dodging them <laughs> Rona haters, man. Dude. Hey, if you get the vax, it's gonna be all right. I'm not gonna run over you with my car, I promise. No. And I she did. might ask you if you're dumb or not. She didn't hit anyone. I might make fun of you, but I won't. I won't drive my car through your belongings or where you're at in general. I just want to stay away from the pop-up tents. because I'm Scream angry things at you. Like, it's not going to trigger me. You guys can do what you want. Yeah. I certainly do what I want. <laughs> and so <laughs> I want to give you that opportunity as well. This is America, you dumb son of a bitch. Yeah. I will talk shit, but I won't hit. <laughs> That's all. Uh, hmm. We don't talk shit in the bowl. No, no, never. Never. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. So a woman in England delivered a 12-pound, 9-ounce baby. Whoa. Yeah. It was via C-section. Yeah, you she pretty says much have to. It took two people to lift him out of her. Holy shit. Um, the average baby. 12 pounds, though, I mean, was two weak people. <laughs> two little women. Two weak ass arms. <laughs> I know, I was like 12 pounds, but you know, you gotta think I mean, about that's it. You're a, like, that's big for a baby, but. Wiggling him out of the guts and stuff, you know, like I mean, it seems complicated. She's up on a table. OSHA safety rules, I think, says the team lift 40 and up. Just well, saying. Well, yeah. Just saying. I don't know. 12 pounds seems like you can pick it up with two hands, but. Maybe if you're pulling it out of like I'm just a person it, and you have to be careful about how it comes out, that's a different story. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. It's like you you're snake them around the going around this maze of guts stomach and stuff. Stomach and the intestine and the duodenum and all that stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't get it hung up. Yeah, don't hit that duodenum. Yeah. <laughs> And then watch out for the thingamajiggers and, like, the scissors in there and stuff. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, so the average babies are 18 to 22 inches and weigh fi- between 5 and a half to 10 pounds. I forgot to mention, Lil John was 8 pounds, 2 ounces. 
and 20 inches long for anyone who cares. <laughs> Some people are. People ask me that. They're like, how oh, long was he? man. How, how much did he weigh? What was the circumference of his head? I was like, I don't fucking know. She says all those things and I don't write them down. But your dad took notes this yeah. time. Your dad what had all the deets. What a dude. What a dude. I feel like he wrote the head down wrong, but I could have just heard it wrong. Um, that's well, just me. We can we can ask to verify and clarify. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> this baby being 12 pounds, 9 ounces. He that's like the average size of a tw- a two month baby. Monster. Yeah. So he's a little little dude, little boy named Zeke, and uh, the news organization followed up with her two months later. Uh-huh. He's now wearing six to nine month old clothing. Six to nine months. At the age of two months old. Sixty nine. Sixty nine, dude. All right. Surprisingly, I was like, man, this lady must have had a shit diet, right? That's what I'm thinking. Like, she's just eating Big Mac after Big Mac or something. Right, pounding them home. She said she really didn't have much of an appetite while she was pregnant, and she didn't consume any meat. Huh. So she could have had... just, I don't know what just, they call it. Uh, Gestational diabetes, <laughs> <miracle> maybe. <grow. laughs> well, yeah, it could be just genetics, purely genetics. Right. Um, she could have had gestational diabetes, though. They said that's like a causing factor of like big old babies. Huh. And uh, your but, yeah. ankles, toes, and baby swell. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I decided I was like, well, I wonder what the heaviest baby ever born was. Right. Uh-huh. Curiosity. Uh, a woman in Ohio in 1879. It's worth noting she was 7 foot 11. Holy shit. Yeah. She was 7 11. Her baby was 28 inches long and 22 pounds. Holy shit. Yeah. That was a natural birth. 22 pound baby. No doubt. Yes. Well, you know, as long as you don't have a bizarre thing happen like the cervical lip, your body's going to stretch and move well, to and just allow the baby to slip out. In 1879, you know, <laughs> there well, a pro- lot of other options, I'm sure. Well, they had the good drugs back then. <laughs> <laughs> She's hitting the opium and doing a little coke to get her energy back up. <laughs> <laughs> just drinking coke back then. <laughs> wow. I am really high. Unfortunately... Her son died 11 years, uh, 11 years, no, 11 hours later. That's a big old baby. I know, it's real sad. And there was a quote from the father from 1879. He said, his son was perfect in every respect. He looked at birth like an ordinary child of six months. Wow. (laughs) Oh, big old babies. Wild. You know who else might be a big old baby? Who's that? Whoever bought an invisible sculpture from an Italian artist for, like, more than $18,000. Oh, my God. It's so easy to scam people in the art world. What is up with that? It went for 15,000 euros. Uh, It was titled Io Sono, if I'm saying that right, which is Italian for I am. Uh, the 67-year-old describes his sculpture as immaterial, meaning that the sculpture does not actually exist. So they come out and say it there. Uh, it says, <laughs> though he's received much critique for the sale, the artist argues that his work of art isn't nothing, but is instead a vacuum. <laughs> wow. It's too much. 
It's art. just some money laundering, bro. It's just some money laundering. You're, just some, you're right. It's just some money laundering. It's a clever way to do it. That's a very easy way to money launder. Yeah. If you are interested in purchasing an invisible sculpture from the bowl, you just go right on over to bowlafterbowl.com slash donate. Yes, we will actually ship it to you uh, across the ethereal plane immediately upon deposit. That's right. And we are sculpting invisible sculptures uh, in every Bowl After Bowl episode. Yeah. While we're talking, in fact. I got to slow down on making these invisible sculptures because... Uh, I'm just filling up the house. Yeah, I got running out of fucking room for them in here. Yeah, the bowl is so crammed, we just had to start bringing them, you know, up yep. into our bedroom and too much. If you'd like to purchase one, just get us a, get at us on the back channels. Yeah. We're on the No Agenda socials. Yes, we can even custom sculpt an invisible sculpture just for you. Mm-hmm. Just tell us what you want. Some, uh, yeah, anything, anything you want it to be, we can make that. Well, an undercover agent didn't have to tell one Canadian shop owner what he wanted. No, oh. because she just kept posting some crazy cool stuff online that he kept buying. Because apparently, it is illegal to uh, <laughs> sell, you know, endangered species skulls and skins oh, and such. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, especially across the border. Yeah. So this 26-year-old, she's got a shop in Montreal Mm -hmm. specializing in, quote, a variety of unique curiosity and oddity items, Hmm. many composed in whole or in part from wildlife. Uh Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. So she was charged after attempting to cross the U.S. border with items including, but not limited to, 18 crocodile skulls and heads, crocodile feet, a three-toed sloth. It doesn't say if the sloth was alive or taxidermy statue, but it noted that uh, both the crocodiles and sloth are protected under the U.S. Endangered Species Act. Yeah. Uh, 12 horseshoe crabs, 30 sea stars, 23 raccoon feet, eight African antelope horns, a human skull mounted with butterflies. Whoa. Yeah. That one's dope, actually. That is cool. Four puffer fish and six shark jaws. So the authorities started watching her back in 2019 when she posted a mounted crow for sale on oh my fag bag for <laughs> 325 bucks. <laughs> oh, jeez. So this agent from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services decided to contact her and ask about having the crow shipped to America. And then proceeded to pry her about problems shipping, quote, these things. Oh, yeah. Because it might be a protected species. Oh, damn. She said, it's not a problem because I label them as art pieces. Oh, okay. That's where she went wrong. She sent them here. Yes. They crossed the border. To the land of the federal agencies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then the plot thickens because in just December of 2019, I believe... She posted a polar bear skull for sale. Oh crap! And ended up selling it to the same agent for seven hundred and fifty bucks plus thirty in shipping. Bro, that's cheap for polar bear skull. I'm that's just what saying. I was thinking. I'm just saying that's even, underpriced, dude. Even the mounted crow for three hundred twenty-five bucks. I'm like, if this is a well-done taxidermy stat, you know, like a, a conversation piece, shall we? Like, mm-hmm. I'll pay upwards of a thousand bucks for something real nice like that. 
But anyways, I mean, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna buy an endangered I swear animal. To God, if, I get the, if I get the statement, it says no, you spend a thousand dollars on a dead crow. No, <laughs> no, 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 I've got to buy cracked corn for the living crow, crows in our neighborhood. Yeah. So that's where my thousand bucks goes into the living creatures. Bro, we had the crowiest chipotle Ooh. run. You remember that? That was scary because I was still pregnant. Yeah, two crows cawing at us, like the whole way in. And then our three-year-old... I wasn't scared. I was just, like, very intrigued. I do love crows, so I like to think they were looking out for me and they're friendly. But what freaked me out was our three-year-old is like, they're scaring me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you love animals, and you especially love birds. She's like, they're so loud. I was like, they, they are loud. loud. and extra close. I don't think I've had a crow, like... That was what was so weird is we got out of the car, and it was, like, right there on telephone pole. And it was just like, wow, that crow is close. And, like, as soon as I noticed it, it was like... And, we're like, and it was like flip, 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 you know, and then fluttered away. And so we were, then we were like, oh, wow, yeah. That was like a very crow moment, you know? Yeah. Like they're always noticeable and they stick out. But then we turn the corner and go into the Chipotle and there's the one right above the door. And he also goes, caw, caw. And then we're like, okay, all right. That was like a double, you know? Yeah. It was wild. Yeah. It maybe was it was wild. just kind of like, uh, hey, it's going to be a tough birth, you know? Yeah, maybe. maybe or maybe was the, he was. That was the like warning. But it was like still like, hey, we're still watching, you know? Yeah. I was, I was going to say, he was, it was like, maybe he was like, like, hey, that's my friend that feeds us. Okay. <laughs> Followed you downtown to get some Chipotle from you. It might be a high <laughs> road this time, but uh, you're not alone. Yeah. I love that. I love crows. Um, good omens and bad. Well, okay, so this lady selling the polar bear skull, it gets worse for her because she ended up getting another polar bear skull and selling it to the same agent. Three strikes here. Oh this my one, God. she sold to him for six eighty five with free shipping. Oh. oh. I know. She's just boning herself, I was like, bro. dude, those prices are not worth getting in trouble over. Well, she thought they were artwork, and so she hadn't baked in, like, the, the black market uh, factor. Oh. Of them, I know. obviously. She's just an online retailer. Like, <sighs> just a lady collecting things she probably thinks is cool. Selling it to... 26-year-old Etsy chick. People yeah. who she thinks thinks they're cool. And I don't, but you know, I don't think she went out and probably, like, chopped up a polar bear with a machete. She just probably no. found this shit, you know? Yeah, exactly. But they say that um, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services started intercepting her packages immediately... Uh, over the past few years. Yeah. Uh, about 30 in total, allegedly, um, including things such as bird skulls, a weasel, a bat, and the skin of a Hartman's zebra, which I'm sure is protected. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, this was a red flag moment for me, though, is they say she entered the United States 18 times. Uh, between like no- November 2018 and November 2019, mm-hmm. and 12 of those entrances occurred between midnight and 2 a.m., and then she would go back like within a few hours. So I would think short trips over the border maybe a little sketch. Right. Um, but anyway, she was released on fifty thousand dollar bail, and uh, she'll be in court on June 15th. Yeah. Just gotta with those natural things you gotta look into the laws because i know yep there's a lot of them 
There's a weird one to where you can find a feather and get yourself but, in a bunch of trouble. Yeah. I don't know. I have my, mixed feelings about that. We I have to too. be We have to be faithful stewards of our uh, animal companions and or brethren and or natural resources, you know? I mean, but it's a little different if you're a poacher versus if you just find some shit, you know? Find it or... Or just like something up and dies in on your land. Like if an animal dies on your land, you know? like Right. There's all these laws that might apply to that. And I was going to say, when we've gone out to like gem and mineral shows, some of my favorite booths are the taxidermists or the people yeah. who come with skulls for sale just for you to do your own art projects with or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, geez, I don't even know <laughs> like what the rules are on this shit. But Yeah, don't sell it online. Don't sell it to people wearing Just don't sunglasses. sell it. <laughs> keep, your skull, keep your skeletons in your closet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've got another clip for you. Oh, okay. Play clip three for me. Yes. Akuna Matata. This cake will <laughs> definitely make phrase. you worry, though. A three-year-old girl from Minnesota going viral after requesting this custom cake. Okay, so the cake shows a scene from The Lion King when Mufasa dies. <laughs> Her parents thought the request was weird, but they say they just went with it. And I felt really embarrassed asking because I thought they would think that I was a horrible parent, you know. Um, I was like, so here's the thing. This is what my child said. I thought it was funny. We're just going to go with it. How'd it taste? So yummy, so yummy. They don't have to explain themselves. Look, if that's what she wants, that's what she wants. Yeah, she got it. And when she turns four, she wants a cake with Cinderella. But no surprise here, the evil stepmother has to be on the cake. (laughs) Oh, no, this is how it works. Your kid asks you for something and it's weird or dumb or fucked up and you say, no. Yeah. <laughs> I know this is going to be controversial and like weird and earth shattering, but yeah, if your kid comes to you and they're like, hey, I want this thing. I want to be like the bad guy. I like the bad guy. Then you go, uh, no, you fucking don't. You like the good guy. Yeah, exactly. There you go. End of story. Not like. <laughs> well, you know, she wanted it, so we, like, had to give it to her. <laughs> no. <laughs> God, parents are such fucking weak sauce these days, bro. What is going on? Not these wolf parents. No. Ooh, wolf cake. Though. The wolves will be good, or the wolves will face the claw. <laughs> okay, a 17-year-old girl saved her dogs from a mama bear with cubs. Because, okay, this bear was sitting... The video is totally easily findable online. It's pretty epic. This bear was sitting on a wall that separates her backyard from her neighbor's backyard. It's Mm -hmm. just like a dividing wall, but it's made out of, like, stone or brick. Yeah. And so this bear's sitting there, and then the dogs notice it and start barking at her. So she starts swatting. Her big old paw. Yeah. And the girl heard the dogs barking and thought it might have just been a neighbor dog. When she saw that bear, her instincts just kicked in. She <laughs> ran out of the house and just shoves this bear off the wall. Nice. Like, it's like one of those mom moments where they get the super strength yeah. to save their child, you the know? Adrenaline. She said, uh, yeah, the adrenaline. I know what it was. It was. 
Missouri well, Smash, dude. She's not from Missouri. That's okay. But she gets the Missouri Smash for sure. Neither was All Might. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> he even has like America Smash, and he's yeah. not even American. United States of Smash. That's right. <laughs> you have a good memory. United States of a Smash! <laughs> so uh, I guess one of the dogs was her mom's service dog. You know, so she uh, there yeah. was like a lot going on there. Yep. But what a badass! Just she just it's like some Princess Mononoke shit when she comes yeah. running out like super speed and just shoves this bear. She had to go back for a second shove, and like but got it. I was like, holy crap! So when the news station talked to her, she's like, I don't recommend anyone does what I did. Yeah. <laughs> but you know. Yeah. But you did it. Yeah. Badass. You must be at least this badass <laughs> to shove a bear. Exactly. And I think. That's not for the parents in the last clip. <laughs> no. <laughs> you guys. No. Don't try shoving bears. Well, you know, sometimes you shove the bear. and Well, sometimes the bear shoves you. And sometimes you got to play clip four. Oh. I will play it. One day I was looking out the window and this was in February, like the middle of winter, and there's two peacocks sitting on the railing of my deck. At first, Richard <laughs> McDonald rubbed his eyes to make sure he wasn't seeing things. A couple times I thought maybe I was still asleep and dreaming, you know? He wasn't, and neither were his neighbors. I'm like, who are these birds? And they're both they're both in our backyards, and I'm like, what are we doing here? Where'd these things come from, right? And we had no idea where they came from, and they were beautiful. The birds were often seen parading around with their beautiful plumage on display for all to admire year-round, perching where they saw fit. Walk out in the summer and they'd be in my garage and they'd be just sitting down and you're taken aback and you're like, why? Okay, see, boys, gotta go. You love sitting on my wife's car in the driveway. You would come out, walk out the garage door and there they were looking at you. Now both birds are dead within days of each other. The first was found shot through the heart with a crossbow. I just can't imagine what's going through their mind. I mean, how could you hurt something that beautiful, you know? The other died under murky circumstances, seen limping around with a broken leg and seriously injured wing, ultimately dying. Yes, the peacock squawked and were known to help themselves to tomatoes, but neighbors are sick. Someone would kill them. I miss them already. I miss them. That's fucked up. That yeah, you're going to have to mark it oh, zero. Man. Marcus Zero. I know. Kind of with a crossbow. Well, I mean, that's how you do it quietly. It's kind of epic, but it's also like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, it's just that's... a peacock. You there, can't. I also read that the neighbors, they were worried about when they lost their plumage in the winter, and they had found a farm that was going to take them. Oh. I know. I was like, damn it. You didn't get them there fast enough. Yeah. Ugh. But anyway, this guy got to Arkansas's Crater of Diamonds fast enough. Oh. He's been trying to make his fiance an engagement ring all throughout, like through using raw materials that he was going to find himself. Oh, that's very cool. So he took, uh, over the past five years, he's been panning for gold in Washington where he lives. And he finally got enough to make the band. Oh, my God. So his next hope was to find a couple small diamonds. Uh -huh. So he decided to go out to Arkansas to their crater of diamonds. Yep. Um, and guess what? He stumbled across a 2.2 carat yellow diamond. Badass. Yeah. So now he doesn't have to worry about finding that center stone later. No doubt. Pretty 
fucking cool. That is a manly man right there. Going, digging up some rocks, hopefully diamonds in Arkansas. That is on my to-do list. Definitely. Also, uh, if you want to make two grand, applications are due June 18th for friends or couples, a duo is the wording, to play video games for twenty hour, 21 hours straight with each other. Ooh. Yeah. Unfortunately, one of the requirements is that you need a ton of virtual history, both of you. Hmm. So they want to see you gaming with probably you game with together forever. before. I yeah. We don't video ourselves gaming or live stream it or Twitch it or whatever. Yeah. Oh, well. Because we'd get banned immediately. <laughs> yeah, because I don't wear clothes. <laughs> I'm, like, gaming when my kids are in bed. It's naked time. Yeah. Oh, well. No doubt. Uh, go ahead and play clip six for me. Clip six first? Yeah, clip six first. Clip six. We want to introduce you to a local little genius named Cash Quest. She is two, going on three, with the IQ of 146. The average IQ in the United States is about 100. All cash, cash baby. Was recently accepted into Mensa, the largest and oldest high IQ society in the world, making her the youngest in American Mensa. Oh, jeez. What's this one? Asia. Asia, what's this? Europe. Cash uh, Quest is okay, definitely judges? not your average toddler. Tell me the three branches of government first. Yes, he is. He's just so. Hey. Oh my god. We started to notice her memory was really great, and she just picked up things really fast, and she was really interested in learning. What's this? Why? What's this? 17, 18 months, she had recognized all the alphabet, numbers, colors, and shapes. So that's when we were kind of like, okay, you know, she's learning really fast. So it was a cross between what are we doing at home versus what is it that sh that's attracting her Must to memorize nice. and grasp all these concepts so fast. Huh? Cash can also identify all 50 states by shape and location on a map. She's learning Spanish, <laughs> knows over 50 signs in sign language, Please. knows how to count to 100, 100. <gasps> can identify elements on the periodic table by their symbols, Whoa. and is even learning to read. Oh my god, phosphorus. Yeah. Get out, you brainy baby. Get out. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking me out, dog. No joke. Oh, my God. Uh, anyway, I got one last clip. Okay. One last roll. The final roll. Anoka County's Wildlife Science Center is home to 120 wolves. We have the largest captive population in North America. Recently, that number grew with the birth of a new pup. But when the pup was removed to be bottle-fed, animal care coordinator Megan Beckel says the pack lost its mind. Overnight, we have a six-foot ground apron. They dug down over the ground apron and up. and went looking for their puppy. Four yeah. wolves escaped out of a pack of 10, determined to find the pup they believed was missing, now missing themselves for five days. We're devastated. The wolves are scared. Um, they're not dangerous to anybody. They just want to come home. Sadly, hopes of recovering all four have vanished. 
The father of the pup was among the four that left. Unfortunately, one male was hit by a car. He did not die. We had to put him to sleep. He broke his back. In the days since, neighbors report seeing the animals around town. Yeah, I was definitely a wolf. I knew that. Including David, who snapped these pictures at 5 a.m. They're blurry. I wasn't expecting to see that on my way to work. It's the first time I've seen a wolf around here. I've been up here for about 20 years. The animals could be hungry, having never had to hunt for their own food before. And the Wildlife Center says people in the area are on the hunt for them. That is the downside to the public knowing, is everybody wants to shoot shovel and shut up with wolves. None of us are sleeping. We're always, anytime our phone rings, we're jumping. You know, did somebody shoot them? Did somebody hit them? What's going on? There's a better chance the wolves will be seen around sunrise or sunset, but this is very unfamiliar terrain for the animals. So they're not only very lost, but very scared. If you do see the animals, you're asked to call the Wildlife Science Center immediately. God damn it. Leave the wolves alone. Yeah, don't take their pup, man. Oh, I know. Bro, it if you took my, my pup, that would be some shit. Kind of threw me back to the lady who got killed by Mama Cow trying to tag the ear of the baby, you uh -huh. know? Yeah, so, I remember that one last week. Yeah, uh, man, you gotta fucking, you can't be fucking with the wolves, dude. Yeah, leave the babies alone. Ugh. Let them get a little bit bigger and then do what you gotta do with the separation. Yeah, this started out so cool, wolf. But the, I know, it was so sad. <laughs> rolling some strikes and then it fell off. Yeah, yeah, had oh, to mark man. it zero. So fucking sad. Oh, man. Cool weekend plans? Bitcoin Miami's going on over the weekend. Oh. I know Mr. Curry's going to be attending. That should be fun. That's the next. So there was going to be a Mint Gox uh, tournament at the end. They usually do it at the last Sunday of every month. So last Sunday would have been it. But instead, they're going to be doing, on Friday and Saturday, uh, a Mint Gox event. And I'm not sure if they're going to do all the same stuff. I know I don't see any uh, Bitcoin bounty hunt on this thing on the website. Oh. But I'm going to show up and check it out anyway because um, a lot of times they'll have that coin push game or they'll give away sats and something. I'm sure different games will be doing promos. So yeah, definitely that, looking forward to the Mint Gox stuff. That monkey swing game. I can't think of the yeah, name Yeah, right Saru Toby Swing. Saru Toby Swing. Hopefully they do a bump up their prizes. There's a, They are doing the Counter-Strike Go tournaments. And they're going to give away over a full Bitcoin in prizes Whoa. total. So that's going to be pretty badass. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if there's, like, qualifications or something like that. I'll have to mm. look more into it. But, yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. Uh, I guess Ron Paul is the keynote speaker. Oh. The headline speaker. In this Miami event? No. Yep. Jack Dorsey Ooh. will be there, too. <laughs> oh. So this one going to, like, polar opposites politically. Tony Hawk. Oh, Tony Hawk. Mr. Bitcoin Tony Hawk, I guess, <laughs> man. That's pretty dope. In, in 2019, he quipped on Twitter that he had been riding Bitcoin for six years. So he, like, got in a year before me, I guess. Haven't bailed yet, he said. Nice. So he's a big hodler. Tony Hawk, man. That'll be fun. I love Tony Hawk. He's a cool dude. That will be cool. Well, we appreciate you hanging out. On the old token Tuesday bowlers. We're gonna get out of here, get the episode published, and get the young wolf cub to bed. But thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next token Tuesday. Till then, I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. I'm Dame Dolorian. 
And until next Token Tuesday, when we hear about the first time you ever talked to a therapist, may your bowls burn ever brighter. It is on, folks. It is on. It is on. Bowlafterbowl.com. Bowl, bowl, bowl after bowl. 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 May your bowls burn ever brighter. Bowl after bowl till he's sick.